everybody, and welcome in to the 131st episode of this here, the Penny Bloom Podcast. Tis I, Colton Robertson, and I am joined today by Aurora Carter. What's up? What's up? It's nice to be back like always. I am so glad to have you back because <laughs> today we are talking one of my favorite Marvel movies in a long time, Shang-Chi, and then we're going to be discussing the first half of What If. Uh, I'm very excited for it. Very excited for it. But before that, I just wanted to get a quick little uh, introduction. Been a second since we talked, since uh, Mutants Monthly number one. Mm-hmm. If you like the X-Men, go check that out. Uh, what you been up to? I've been up to just diving more into Marvel lore, especially, mm-hmm. um, I don't, don't want to mispronounce his name. Was it Shang-Chi? Yeah, Shang-Chi. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, he was referred to by Wong as Shang-Chi. So I'm comfortable going with the ch sound for chi. I do know, however, it is Shang. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Wong is the reason if people hate how we pronouncing it, but um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was like, I was like, Wong said Shang Chi at the end, so I'm a roll with it. All right. Yeah, I've been just diving into like just trying to like figure out. Even my, I went to the movies to go see it like with my grandmother, like almost twelve o'clock at night, and then yeah. she was just like, "Oh, I I need to know more of this because me and her was." looking at a lot of X-Men documentaries, you know, like, yeah. and stuff. And, you know, she has started to, like, embrace Marvel. So it's, like, really, really, you know, it's cool. I've uh, I've long embraced Marvel. And I've I've tried to get my family on it, you know, at the beginning mm-hmm. of the pandemic, back, uh, back early 2020, whenever the lockdown, like, officially happened, like, mm-hmm. that two-week lockdown, and then, like, a little bit after that, my family was relatively responsible. We stayed inside. I didn't go to work for a few weeks. We just kind of, we all hung out there, and one of the projects we decided to work on was uh, every night we'd eat dinner and watch an MCU movie together, and we were going to do it in order, and we got through it, and they really they really enjoyed it. However, you know, the the time to really, really commit to being a Marvel fan would have been this year. Whenever we had all these Disney Plus projects coming out, they have access to Disney Plus and stuff, and they haven't watched a single one, sadly. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I strongly recommend it. I've been like, I, Dad, I know you'd like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mom, I think you'd like WandaVision. Both of you stay the fuck away from Loki. <laughs> why? Why both of them stay away from Loki? I think that I think that like uh as like Marvel fans who are like really into like the multiverse stuff and like I think for the casual older Marvel fan Loki will be cool but the the importance of it at the end will kind of be like what the fuck were we even doing here for them just because like they don't they don't understand. Yeah. I don't think they'll fully grasp the idea that we're about to get into the multiverse and the multiverse <laughs> is going to open so many different avenues. They don't know about Doctor Strange 2 multiverse of madness or shit like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, it's just like, and, and plus my mom's a little skeptical of, uh, of romances. She, they've got to be done really right. And I was, I was like, so mom, you're definitely going to want to stay away from Loki. Oh, yes. Especially the whole Sylvie and Loki. We, Ah, that, yeah. that was the thing. I, it's so funny that you said that about your parents because even my Jehovah Witness great grandmother started watching the Marvel movies and it literally, same thing. I said, WandaVision, she loved because she kind of got it. Mm-hmm. And 
Falcon and Winter Soldier. She really liked it. And then I was like, Loki, yeah, you're not going to, it's, 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 you can stop here. Cause when it gets to the multiverse, you just not going to want to do anything. And I feel so bad because every time I've been popping up on the podcast <laughs> lately, I've been kind of shitting on Loki every time it's come up. Uh, and I don't mean to do it because I really enjoyed watching it. I <laughs> yeah. truly did. Like I, I, week to week, I loved watching it. And looking back, there were fantastic moments in the show. But man, just like the more it ages, the more WandaVision and the Falcon, the Winter Soldier look good to me. And the, the less I want to revisit Loki. Like I'm like, I, and I don't know why. I, and I think that, I, and I said this the other day with Tavares, you know, the soundtrack's awesome. Visuals are beautiful. Yes. Uh, everything, everything about the series is awesome. It's just that, like, there's some story elements that I just, I can't <laughs> fully get behind, is all. You know, I'm so thankful that you actually made me, you know, well, you asked me, and I, well, actually, I asked you to come onto the podcast for those episodes, because, man, the discussions we had on that. <laughs> yeah, if you want to go relive Loki, check out Loki Losers 1 through 6 here on the Penny Bloom Podcast. Aurora joined me for, I believe, three of those, if not four. But, uh... Mm-hmm. It was, it was great, but, you know, like... But other than, like, Marvel stuff, I've just been chilling. That's what I've been doing, dude. Just chilling. Well, I've, uh... Since my Shang-Chi craze here, and I think what you'll find here on this episode when we get to Shang-Chi is that I will be nothing but a ray of positivity, positivity oh, yes. and love for this movie because, holy shit, is it great. But... What it has spawned for me is obviously a love for Simu Liu and a love for Aquafina that was already kind of there, but just bloomed into complete fruition once I saw her as Katie. Uh, so I've, I jumped into Kim's Convenience on Netflix, a, a Canadian sitcom that has Simu Liu in it as one of the main characters. So I was like really, really interested in starting that now. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> We've already, me and my girlfriend have already finished two seasons. Uh, and it's, it's been wonderful. Uh, and then we we checked out Aquafina is Nora from Queens, which I knew was going to be funny as fuck. It's a Comedy Central series, and Aquafina is funny as fuck. Uh, but yeah, the way that Shang Chi has just uh, made the last couple weeks of entertainment for me all around just fantastic is awesome. I loved it. Oh yeah, Shang Chi. My my theater was crowded. I'm talking like I did not expect, and other than. Um, seeing the movie, I also saw Candyman, and that was crowded too. And mm. Candyman was phenomenal. But um, <laughs> I, I'm sure Candyman is. However, that will not be one I go check out in theaters. Yeah, I'm not the horror movie guy. Oh, I'm, I'm not, not either. Like I still, my room has like hella mirrors, and I'm just mm. waiting to Bro. be like, oh man. <laughs> I'd be like leaving the bathroom, like lingering to like make sure nothing's showing up behind me in the mirror like no 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 i'm not i'm make sure i'm not staying there either like i leave but like my my reflection yeah. stays that'd be kind of freaky <laughs> i remember my best uh, friend asked he was like are you going to do a podcast about candy man and i said i d don't know and then i don't want to because we're going to have to say his name so many times and like reflective <laughs> you know camera that i'm just you know, this will be very likely to see him pop up right here. And then yeah, nah, I'm good. It. I'm good off that. Yeah, we're uh, good, you know. That'll be enough for me. But, uh, but yeah. 
Yeah, so I've been I've been back to the theaters uh, uh three t- I've been three times in the last week and a half all to see Shang-Chi. I uh, I've I witnessed it in IMAX the most recent time yesterday. I was like, "You know what? We're doing the Shang-Chi pod. I'm going to get one more view in it because it's going to be great." How about mm-hmm. we jump into that discussion? Okay. Let's do it. To the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. So, Shang Chi, I uh, I have nothing but good things to say about this movie. It's probably my favorite solo or standalone superhero film uh, in the MCU. Uh, as, uh, well, specifically origin story. The uh, to get it rolling, you know, I think back to Iron Man, Captain America, the First Avenger, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, the standalone first movies. And I don't think any of them captured just how much. Like I love Shang Chi off this one movie, and I don't think any of the other characters like really hit for me straight off the bat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I mean, for me, I loved the idea that Tony Stark, you know, had some character development. He grew out of being a a, a weapons developer and stuff, and but he was still a douchey prick. Captain America, I'm not huge on the patriotism, so straight off the bat, Captain America was like a little like, eh. Thor? Okay, I liked Thor. I liked Thor. And Black Panther, and Captain Marvel, and Doctor Strange. But none of them quite as much as I like Shang-Chi straight out of the gate here. Uh, I loved it. And his his supporting cast around him was exquisite. How did you feel about the movie overall? I loved the movie. I have not been so, like, my grandmother even said the same thing when we both went to go see it. She said, I forgot it was a Marvel movie. Like, right. The, no, like, there's the that, way, there's that moment. Yeah. There's a moment early on in the movie where, like, after we saw, like, Wen Wu's backstory. Oh, yeah. And this will be a spoiler filled review. I want to make that perfectly clear straight off the bat. We'll keep it spoiler free for a while. And at a certain point, we'll be like, all right, we're going to jump full full speed into spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when we get the beginning where we're getting Wen Wu's backstory with uh, Zha Ling and then later. Or, uh, what, what was his what was Shang-Chi's mother's name? Was it Zha Ling? I'm not even going to attempt to try because I don't want to be called problematic. So oh, I get you. <laughs> Here, hold on. I'm going to check real quick just to make sure I was. Oh wait, that was that was his sister. My bad. Lee was his mother. Yeah. Uh, uh, but there after their whole backstory, and we we cut to you know Shang Chi and Katie at that dinner with their friends. Her friend says, "Uh, 
we now live in a world where anybody anybody can be snapped away like that. Life can end just like that. And I was like, oh, shit. I completely forgot this was in the MCU 15 minutes in. Like, the the action, the uh, the visuals. I mean, it had the stereotypical Marvel color grading most of the time where it's like, if it can be gray, it's going to be gray. But they, they had enough color that it made it more palatable than most. And uh, and I think this this one stands out amongst those colorful movies like uh, Guardians of the Galaxies and Thor Ragnarok and it was, stuff. Yes, like, it was a lot of vibrant moments in this movie. Yeah, Which is... I, I just need more of that from Marvel because, frankly, I, I, I'm getting tired of the uh, gray battles and big cities. Like, I want more landscapes like we got here in this movie. It's 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 beautiful. And uh, I, I can't get enough of it. What uh, who who kind of stood out as like a a favorite character besides besides Shang-Chi, say his best friend. I, I... If I was in that situation, I would be the best friend. <laughs> I, yeah. I loved it. And also, because I, I wasn't the only one that said this. D- didn't she have moments where she sounded like Scarlett Johansson? Like her voice? Like you didn't hear it? Because I we said talking about that. Katie? Huh? We're talking about Aquafina? Yeah, his best. Yeah, yeah. It was Katie. certain moments when she came off, like I, I heard Scarlett in her voice. Like it just, I don't know. I, I I didn't at all, mostly because Aquafina's voice for me is just so damn distinct. I'm I'm hearing nothing but Aquafina. Oh but, uh, it was just certain moments when I was like, Oh, she sounds like Black Widow and my grandma was like, Hmm <laughs> Maybe it was I'll, just I'll have to, I'll, next time I get a next time I get a viewing of it, I'll have to I'll have to think of that. Yeah, but um Dude, she was outstanding. She, she was uh, phenomenal. I loved her. And I love Aquafina's comedy. I always thought she was hilarious. What I didn't anticipate was like how much I would love this character. Like I could, I and I mean, I sh- I ship Shang Chi and Katie so fucking hard. Like I know they're best friends and stuff, but like there were some moments there where I was there like, there were some moments. Like I was like, he... oh, this this yeah. is gonna be a slow burn, but it's gonna be good. Yeah, like good. Marvel. This is what you should have done with Loki. But no, uh, dude, no, this is the thing, though, for me is that they need a down the middle, knock this out of the park romance. You know, like regain your footing, please, because all of these have gone bad for me. Like, I mean, not all of them. You know, Stephen Peggy is all right, and Tony and Pepper also also okay, even though Tony dies and et cetera, et cetera. But if we can just get like one like good positive healthy relationship in the mcu they don't have qualms she's completely understanding of uh his profession she kind of comes along with him a lot of the time i don't know i think i think it'd, it'd be fun if they just like yeah just right down the middle they they get together eventually and that's that oh you know? i would love it because i thought like i kind of the moment I knew they was going to like ship them together, most likely, and I actually, this is one relationship that I would love, like how you just said, when he had, um, when he was going to fight his sister for the first time and she saw him and like literally me, my grandmother, every female or DL guy in the movie oh. theater was like, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> nah, here's the thing. Simu Lu fine as hell. 
like uh and like fine as hell like this is a good and so so is tony leung the guy who played uh uh wenwu yeah also a beautiful man these are like these and this was just top to bottom beautiful people everyone was sexy and like i know that's the case in like all things marvel it always is yeah but god damn everyone cute as hell Every, everybody that would have been like a, a bisexual says pansexual guy's dream world to be like it was that movie was so I, mean, I was happy <laughs> but like um and i also the um the wong and abomination scene Ooh. loved it Ooh, Love yeah, and you it. know that that popped up in trailers, so not much uh spoilers to be had. Maybe we dive into the little bit after in the later spoiler mm-hmm. discussion. But uh Wong and Abomination was every bit as awesome as we thought it would be in the trailer. And uh the way the fight culminates and stuff is just like, Oh shit, that was one of the coolest fifteen second fights I've ever seen in a movie. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It was the whole um when he said you wanna know how I feel scene and then he made the um the portal and like he punched the hell out of himself. Ooh. Like and and just how they was like having conversation after the fight. Like it was so mm. so funny. And then what did he say when Wong did Wong say something like you need to stop pulling your punches when he was leaving yeah. or something? That well, was he said he needed to start pulling his punches. Like that's what it was, yes. Yeah. It was but <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was outstanding. And uh there are so many more great scenes to talk about in this movie and I would like to dive into more details. So yeah. now if you uh if you don't want any major spoilers for the movie, I would go ahead and fast forward. Uh I can't I can't promise you exactly when we'll be done with this conversation. I'd say a safe point would be like the hour mark, I'll pay attention, and then at the hour mark I'll be like, Oh yeah, by the way, go back to this point if we're done by then. <laughs> it's all very confusing but i'll try my best yeah Uh, so spoilers begin now so when it comes to this movie the first the very first scene that made me go holy fuck this movie is gonna be awesome wenwoo and lee dancing not dancing fight dancing but it looked like dancing but they were straight up fighting at the beginning of the movie with that beautiful soundtrack playing and they're, they're spinning beautiful. in the circle and they make the eye contact and shit. And she, she knew, bro. She knew this guy doesn't have shit on me. And he was like, later in the movie, he was like, I was called the most dangerous man in the world, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And she beat the fuck out of him. It was yes. outstanding. I, I was thinking like this, this is giving me so much avatar, the last airbender. Like it was, <laughs> that's it just it was just giving me it and yes. like the but the the scenery and how like graceful it was it was like ballet almost instead of like yeah. fighting it, it was, was gorgeous no like the first time i watched yeah. it i mean uh i i partook in mary mary jane on the way to the theater so uh we were we were nice and toasted when we were sitting down and that's very early in the movie and I was like brought to tears. I had chills. Like I was like, this is going to be the greatest Marvel movie of all time. And, uh, I, it's, it's up there for me. Like I, I love it. And like this, this scene and this backstory with Wenwu is a backbone of this film because, uh, our other co-host for the, uh, 
one of the co-hosts for this show, Tavares Pennington. Uh, he, he doesn't know how he feels about Wenwu, doesn't know how he feels overall about the, uh, about the movie. And it's because he missed the first 10 minutes. Like, I truly believe that, that if he had, if he had seen the backstory of Wenwu explained why Wenwu was the way he was, then maybe he would have understood it a little bit more. Like, it, it is truly the backbone of this I film. I agree. I agree. Like, from that moment on, it's like it grabbed, like, my heart. Like, from that, it's like I, it, it, they really, I feel like the, they, they really tried to, like, pull you into this one scene, like, invest your, see, like, the grace. Like, and then you realize that most of the shot, even though it was written in the third, I mean, it was shot in the third person, that was a lot of first person scenes. So yeah. when she's like going across for him, looking at his arm going across, it's like you you seen what each other is seeing, and then it's like, Dude, and the, yeah, the fight choreography, it was just beautiful. Like I was uh, easily easily my favorite fight scenes in all of Marvel. That 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 I have zero doubt in. Uh, the only thing that I think ever would have gave it a run for its money was the Winter Soldier, but I'm more of this tranquil vibe thing going on so i'm gonna watch the shit out of these talo uh fights because they are gorgeous they are incredible at fighting uh like wenwu says it's a martial arts of the gods so it's a it's some real shit i uh yeah i and you know what i adding on to the backstory being the backbone of the film with wenwu and Lee's relationship and getting like a full love story only in flashbacks was awesome. You know, like I, I loved seeing that, like they, they fought once and that was like, Oh shit. Yeah. We really hit it off. Like, and that was that, you know, and they were like, all right, fine. Yeah. Let's leave Talo. Uh, but, uh, I, I thought it was, I thought it was nice to see a villain who is driven entirely by grief like uh entirely and a a need to get that person back in their life and i mean obviously we've seen this recently in phase four Mm -hmm. uh, with, with wanda in wandavision yeah but uh seeing him slowly seemingly lose his mind throughout the film over over his grief for his dead wife and obviously there was some interference with this uh dweller of the darkness or whatever but uh i just like felt bad for him and like yeah i don't usually feel bad for the villains in marvel movies there are certain ones that i felt bad for like i felt a little i felt bad for killmonger at points and i uh felt bad for loki obvious at multiple at multiple points but I never feel bad for Thanos. Fuck that dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Fuck that dude. It's, you know, like, I know a lot of people might think, like, he was crazy, da-da-da-da. But, like, like you said, like, through the duration of the film, you see him slowly become more insane. And and because, like, he, like you said, like, he was supposed to be, like, like the alpha of Earth. Like, basically, he was like, oh, I'm number one i can can run this shit yeah and then meeting his like someone that's like top tier to him like that's stronger than him and then also to have that and then also to change his life like 
like she changed his life at that point. Like he wasn't even That's that was the single most important thing about them for me is that not only did she give up her power and her abilities in Talo and obviously if they could have lived there she probably wouldn't have. Uh but they couldn't. She was willing to leave for Wenwu. And the fact that Wenwu was also willing to give up 10,000 years of a reign over the Ten Rings and just being able to be like, you know what? I've conquered all I needed to conquer. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a take on this challenge, a family. <laughs> and I, I loved, I loved those scenes of them on the couch with their kids and just like, you totally, you totally understand Wenwu, like all the way through the film, regardless of like, like because to a certain extent he was also a victim. I mean, obviously, he was terrible after the death of their mother. Very but, terrible. Uh, very terrible. TPS like, should have uh, been been called for these ben kids. Like, yes, yes. Seriously. Uh, fuck a fuck a father who weaponizes their child. I'm looking at you, Batman. Uh, but. You know, I, uh, other, other than those moments, I understand Wenwu when he brings the kids back into his life there at, later in the movie with the water maze and stuff and is like, help me, help me save your mom. We can, we can be together again. Like, you realize he really means that. He really thinks that's what's going to happen. So it's like, it's hard to, hard to, uh, hard to not feel bad for him. When you realize that this is like, nah, man, you're being mad manipulated right now. Mad manipulated. Like, this is... Do you... I have a question. Do you think, especially with this movie now, do you think this phase of Marvel is going to be about loss and heartbreak for what we, we've been getting? Well, I think... Uh, I think uh, there's there's a certain... There's been a certain shift... And Marvel's focus mm-hmm. from uh, to like a more personal characterization, it feels like, because like, I mean, we're getting depth on these characters, and yes. I don't feel like we ever we ever got that sort of depth on. Uh, I mean, Tony, you get a certain extent of it, but his his character art seems relatively obvious. You know, like that's always how it had to go. Uh, he faced some tragedy, and he, you know, obviously flying through like a. Uh, a portal in the sky and fighting aliens and nearly dying with the <laughs> nuke and stuff is very traumatizing and but like we see these these other characters go through so much more uh and I think that's why like the characterizations of them seem so much deeper you know what I'm saying well I was just cuz I was really thinking especially with, especially with this movie this movie it's like it's always something I, I felt like, you know, in WandaVision and this movie, it was like, not say like Wanda was being tempted or manipulated, but like, it seemed like she was manipulating herself in a way. And then, mm-hmm. like, she was committing her own self-destruction when he is being actually manipulated by another being. And it's like yeah. they're both willing to sacrifice everything just for this one person. And it's like, it's... I just really saw like, oh, we're gonna get some grease, and then Sylvie and Loki at the last episode of Loki, and it's just, it just. Seems uh, and like I mean, like yeah. later we'll talk about what if, but Vision, and the most recent episode of What If. That 
Oof, I'm not even going to oof. I'm, oof, okay. Oof. That's a oof. good one. But we'll save it for later. Oof. But like <laughs> the same general idea, you know, these people who are willing to risk it all to save the one they love. I mean, Doctor Strange in episode uh, four of What If. I mean, like it's just, oh, exactly. it's just it's like it's just a it yes. just keeps going in phase four. It's it's nonstop. But uh, it's <laughs> it's a trope that's while prevalent hard not to resonate with you know what i'm saying like it's like yeah fuck that that can drive you to be so fucking sad that you do anything you know very like his his grief like especially when what did he do did he grab i think he grabbed his son yeah when he like grabbed his shoulder and how he looked into like his eyes or something like that like we can come back together and be happy and how we was it was just like mm-hmm. wow this man means okay at first i was calling his cap i said cap you're just manipulating your yeah, head. Right. and then he was legit he was like like son please like it was it was like wow he's he's serious and i and the arc between shang chi and uh uh when we here like i couldn't i'm a huge star wars fan so i couldn't help but put together all sorts of light side, dark side, father, son, sorts of connections here mm-hmm. for Vader, Luke. Because, I mean, like, you got, obviously, Wenwu actually raised Shang-Chi, unlike Vader and Luke. However, at the end, it culminates in this battle, father versus son. Son beats down father and takes his weapon and is ready to ready to kill him and ultimately sets the weapon aside. Is like you need to come home. We are family, and then they, their last moments are saving their child, and they're ultimately killed in those moments. And I, and I was like, it's a perfect parallel to Star Wars. Like it's the exact <laughs> same thing that happens. But uh, so obviously this story was going to resonate with me. But uh, I, I, I absolutely loved that very aspect of it, and uh, the fact that. When Wu dies protecting Shang Chi, he disarms himself long enough to be uh, taken by the Dweller in Darkness, and it costs him his life. But he's willing to he's willing to pass the rings on to Shang Chi now. Which I oh, think I is, love that. Yeah, I, I, I love I, I love that scene. That's and, and then and I, yeah, I I don't know if you noticed, but earlier in the movie, whenever his when Shang Chi's aunt, played by Michelle Yeoh, came up and like. He was fighting with his fist, and he op- and she opened it up for him to teach him, and that's exactly what he had to do to let the rings go onto Shang Chi. Yeah, I don't know if it was a purposeful parallel, but it felt like it could have been. Uh, I I really enjoyed it, and the the effects on the rings, Ooh. oh, gorgeous, beautiful, Ooh. B- beautiful. They definitely this shit is dope. I feel like what he did, they wanted the rings to look more like to be more grounded, not look as mystical as it was in the comic, but this is a good way of grounding something, but it works. Like the way well, they and like the original the original incarnation of the of the rings were literal rings. Yeah. Like ten the, rings yeah. that go on fingers. And they all looked different and they all looked real cosmic and stuff. And it was like it was I mean like it was real comic booky. And doing doing something like this it was just perfect. Like it, and the fact it that works, this yeah. is the full, the full pull through all the way from Iron Man, the very first Iron Man, whenever the Ten Rings supposedly takes 
uh, Tony Stark captive. Uh, it's just, it's just awesome to see them still be around 13, 14 years later. That's great. <laughs> I love seeing Mandarin in this movie. Well, Mandarin. Mandarin. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor Slattery, man. And, uh, he's got his best friend, Morris. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Is that Morris right there? Is that yeah, that's Morris right there. I, I got this was, Morris plushie. I thought that was Appa. <laughs> yeah, that is Morris. Morris plushie he ain't got no face. <laughs> I, okay. We had to celebrate the occasion right. Yeah, we doing this right. I love it. <laughs> yeah, he's but, watching along right with us. But I remember but, uh, like my movie theaters was like laughing so hard when he came on scene. It was so hilarious. Ooh, dude. Uh and that that <laughs> moment whenever Shang-Chi and Katie are like, Oh, what is that? And he's like, What's what? And they're like, that thing, why doesn't it have a face? And he's like, oh, they can see you. I was like, oh, my fucking God, this is outstanding. And I saw I've I've been seeing some tweets that I agree with uh, for the most part about how the some of the comedic attempts in Marvel movies are the biggest detractors from those Marvel movies. And I'd say for this movie in particular they knocked it out of the park with the comedy. Aquafina was hilarious. Every scene with Trevor Slattery and uh, uh, Morris was hilarious, and Trevor played by Ben Kingsley, who's uh, fantastic. But uh, that was all very funny. There is one moment in this film, though, that all three times I've watched it, I've been like, ah, man, like that's a real MCU trying to insert comedy that just shouldn't have been there for my money. And it's when Shang-Chi is explaining to Aquafina on the plane uh, his backstory and how his father raised him as an assassin and he was trained and et cetera, et cetera. And they're interrupted by the, the fucking, uh, what are they, what are they called? Um, flight attendants. Flight attendants. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I don't fly on planes ever. So I, I, I completely forgot yeah. flight attendant. Uh, and she's like, uh, Beef or vegetable. And like every time I watch it, I'm like, ah, there was no reason to interrupt the scene like that. Like that was mad intense and and like mad important. <laughs> and then like and then you pull you you pulled me all the way out of it with it. And it wasn't funny. You know, so it's like if it was funnier and like the moment that followed after that was a little funny, I wish it would have been like he finished the story and then she approached. And it was well, like a complete change of tone then. But like to cut it off in the middle, I was just like, Ugh. well, it was so funny wrong. to me. It was very funny to me because it reminded me of a scene in this movie called Soul Plane where Kevin Hart. Oh, that's what it, it was so funny to me because I thought that it was going to do a Soul Play reference. But I said, no, we're probably not that progressive with Disney yet. But it was like <laughs> it, it reminded me of when um the girl was like, oh, stroganoff or chicken. He was like, I'll have the chicken. Oh, we only have stroganoff. He like, well, why did you ask me? What? Beef, because <laughs> you only have beef, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was so, it was that reminded me of soul. Oh yeah, I didn't so even think of that. Much. See, like that that specific part, very funny. Like I thought that was, I thought that was a funny moment. I just thought to interrupt the scene to do it was irresponsible. They should have waited until the whole thing was over. The and story. flight attendants don't even really do that because I flew on play. If you're having a, like a conversation, they would just ignore you because they don't want to deal with you. <laughs> right. But yeah, right. that was that was definitely I could see it. That was definitely a Marvel scene. 
That's a Marvel scene. Another scene that was like ridiculously funny to me and uh I think was meant to be funny was the the bus scene like all the way through. The oh. entire the entire sequence was funny. Uh just from the very get go where the, the, the shit starts to pop off and Shang Chi starts beating ass and Katie's and like strange. What does he look like a fighter? <laughs> and and then he then sh- the dude smacks the shit out of Katie and he's like, Okay, well now I have to beat the shit out of all of you for that. Yeah. And uh he does. He does indeed. <laughs> Absolutely wrecks all of them. And uh and it's just like chaos starts to break out, Cliff starts recording on his phone, so I'm gonna grade that this fight as we go. I took some marsh and I don't know if you remember this guy popping up in Spider Man Homecoming. Yes, I do. Uh, I do. He tells Spider Man to do a flip. <laughs> uh but yeah, I love I love I love this guy. So that was a very very funny part of that fight. Then when Shang Chi takes the laptop from the girl they were talking about earlier, how Katie was like, "That is exactly the daughter my mother wished came out of her vagina." Like, <laughs> they destroys the he destroys the laptop. And when Razor Fist got up, I don't know why I thought that was the funniest shit. Because like. I was like, "Where? The, who the fuck is this guy? Like, we just got a random white dude with a blade coming out of his arm, just like all of a sudden being the biggest problem here. Where did he <laughs> even come from?" I said the same thing. Like, what the fuck? Like, he was back there the whole time. Like, I was just like, "I thought that shit was hilarious." Uh, and uh, I thought that, you know, the way it culminates too with Katie in the garbage truck working together to stop the bus and yeah. we and make a good team and he's like open the door open the oh dude no see that was that was like one of the funniest action sequences <laughs> that was also just cool ever and like that was the first scene obviously where we see just how much of a badass shang chi is mm-hmm. and uh oh fuck is he a badass he could give anyone in the mcu hands i'm telling you right now literally like I, I thought that that was going to be a lot more slow mo sequences in this movie, but I was surprisingly like wrong. Like I thought, you know, usually when it's like, well, a, I was so happy with the fact that there wasn't two. I know, because like, you know the typical. That's, that's martial how you got to watch this style of martial arts. Like you can't. I don't want the shit in slow mo. I want to see like part of the, the the just graceful nature of martial arts in general is how fast they do stuff. Like they they are incredibly quick. Yeah. So like seeing shit like the fights with Death Dealer, uh, with the helicopter outside on top of the skyscraper, like that shit was awesome. That like there were just so many beautiful sequences like that. Hey, I really like because, like I said, like you know, typical with the martial arts movies, it's always the slow and to really it's like fast and then slow and then fast again slower. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, we're yeah. going to get a lot of slow motion stuff on this bus. No, I was surprisingly wrong. Like, and I love the fact and that And when I they was. did go slow-mo, it was effective. Like when Razor Fist took out, took out the sword for the first time and swung at Shang-Chi and you heard the music kicking. That was like, and he's watching it like, <laughs> like it made it sense. It made sense. It made, and see that's that's what's cool is they used it effectively and like when I mentioned like the fight with Death Dealer when like the knives go up in the air and they reach for them they go in slow motion but as soon as they catch them it's right back you know and that's what mm-hmm. I loved about that um, 
I also love that Death Dealer got the full Boba Fett treatment, just being a super cool designed character. Ahead of the film, I saw like the Funko pop and stuff, and I was like, oh, that character is going to be cool as fuck. This dude barely talked and got killed in the goofiest way. So <laughs> same as Boba Fett in the original trilogy of the Star of Star Wars. Like he was like, I was like, oh, this dude's going to be dope. Look at him. He's sick as fuck. And then he's beating kids. And I was like, ah, no. I guess I should have known his name was Death Dealer, but ah, it was I've been a sucker for yeah, the for the, and then, for the merch here. You know, like another scene, and I don't know if you're very really, like well endowed in the Harry Potter series, but the maze scene that definitely gave me like a Harry Potter esque feel. It, okay, no, I can see it. I yeah, can see it. That, both of the scenes with the maze, it really gave me Harry Potter feels, but like the way that it was. Oh well, yeah, I can feel that, and I, I think like I think to like Goblet of Fire a little bit. For yeah, some Goblet reason. of Fire, exactly. Uh, that's that's kind of where I go with that, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I can see that for sure, and uh, I, I love I love that scene, the uh, the one where Katie's driving through. The she was driving her ass off. Through. This is. I'm Bro, t- I'm telling you. Oh my god. Like, <laughs> she was a badass behind the wheel. Bro, this was some Fast and Furious shit. I was about to say that Colton, I'm telling you, Fast and the Furious gonna see this movie and run with it. They're gonna be like, Y'all liked it in Shang-Chi, so we're gonna put it like, <laughs> like I'm telling you they're gonna do that. They're this close to doing that. See, I'm and that's you. the thing, like I've never been a huge Fast and Furious guy. Yeah. And it's mostly because the entire movie is this exact scene. I like when one scene is like this <laughs> and the rest of the movie is something else. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and they use the car scenes effectively. Like I wait, I like the way they introduced it with, uh, Aquafina whipping that, uh, that badass sports car around telling Shang-Chi she was going to go slow and then just zooming in that bitch. And then obviously that's our preface to the bus scene where she takes over driving for that. And I like that. And then when they steal razor fists car and uh, <laughs> the fact that, that Katie was liked t- that car. Yeah. And it was a Tesla. Was it a Tesla? I think it was a BMW. Uh, B- okay. Yeah. I think it was the BMW, but it, the way it was like customized to say "Razor Fist" on the side. <laughs> such, and that an was the such an Bro, asshole car. Such an asshole douchebag. He's such a douchebag. <laughs> but uh, asshole. <laughs> but Katie was whipping that hoe. She could drive her ass off. She said she's the Asian Jeff Gordon, and she wasn't lying. <laughs> like, I, oh, oops. I also loved um, the scene when like Shang Chi is in. And um, with her family and things like that, and they like so. Did, did the grandmother or was it a mother? I can't remember who. But did they say something about like them getting married or having kids yeah, or something? That was, that was uh, Katie's grandma. Yeah, uh, I, she was like, "So when are you two gonna get married?" And in, in uh in Chinese, and he, he he responded, "Oh no, we're just friends." And she was like, "Go go 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 go! Like, <laughs> get the fuck out of my face before I fight you." Man, I would have. Man, Katie, like, she's going to jump. Like, okay, let me not even say that. Oh, I forgot this podcast is rated R. But, um, <laughs> like, come on, you should just, she was looking at that man in that light coming out like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. that's going to be my baby father. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, nah, and here's the thing. I can't blame her. This man looked fine as hell all he movie. Looked, oh, 
He never looked bad. Even as never a ballet driver, he looked good. That was clean. The red vest. And like, I was like, I know that dude got out the car looking all pimp. But I see Shang-Chi here and I'm like, oh. But the bad, oh, the, but the, when, when it got out of the um, sisters um, fight club, that whole bamboo fight when it was on like the, um, what was it? When it was on the outside of the building on the bamboo sticks. I think that's what oh. it is. Yes, amazing. Nah, this is this is like one of those points where I started getting these uh these influences from other movies. Like I got some huge Spider-Man vibes from this scene. Yes. Uh specifically the Amazing Spider-Man. Like that's that's kind of what I I got from it. And then I had an Amazing Spider-Man 2 war flashback. <laughs> uh my heart leapt out my chest when I know he dropped Katie and I was like, "Nah, bro, not again." Not again, bro. No, no, don't let her fall to her death. Thank God she got saved. But I've seen that scene three times, and literally every time it gets me like, I really thought she was gone. So I thought she was gone. I, I said, thought no. that was gonna be like, I thought that was gonna be like a big sacrifice for Shang Chi going forward. Like he was done with the shit. But like, thank God it wasn't. Because I was gonna, I was gonna be like, no, you get Aquafina to kill her off thirty five minutes into the movie. <laughs> I was- I was really liking her. I said, uh uh-uh, because this is misogynistic, even though it's not, I'm going to say it is. Right. (laughs) No, yeah. Like I was, I was holding, I was holding Emily's hand in the theater and like she started falling and I squeezed and I was like, fuck no. (laughs) No. (laughs) Like, but like the sister, I love, but I, no, when she sung Hotel California, I was. (laughs) That was outstanding. That was outstanding. I said, yes, she is my spirit animal. Like, oh my God, that girl is so funny. Strongly recommend you watch Nora from Queens. Just because, like, it is, seems like it could basically be the same character. And Simu Lu pops up in that, too, as a character named Garbage Boy. Because I'm a stan of hers. I will stan that woman now. Like, I love her. Uh, Aquafina is Nora from Queens on HBO Max and Comedy Central. Season two is on right now, actually. Uh, but yeah, their, their dynamic was one of the best of the film. However, another character that really brought the heat in this movie was Shang-Chi's sister, Xiaoling. She yes. was outstanding. And also, this is her first acting credit. Are you serious? Yes. You- IMDb, she hasn't been in anything else. So her life just blew up out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. She's all of a sudden in an MCU film. And it's like, it's clearly going to be in a Ten Rings spinoff. Which is like, awesome. Damn. No, this should really show companies like, hey, this actor that's been in like a hundred and something movies, you can pick up somebody new. Like, I thought that she was in stuff like this already. Like, because she and like, so the behind well. the scenes stories with her are outstanding. Mengar Zhang, I think is how you pronounce her name. Mengar Zhang. Uh, but, uh, she, uh, she went into production single, left production married, fell in love with one of the, uh, one of the, uh, like fight coordinators from, for the martial arts. They got married. Uh, Simu Lu, uh, uh, purchased a honeymoon for them at Disneyland. 
and like they all went together and stuff and like it's just cute as hell and this is like her first acting credit and it's like what a fucking life all of a sudden huh that woman is blessed blessed that is outstanding it's just one of my favorite behind the scenes stories i've ever heard just like just first acting believe- credit meets her husband this is her first acting credit and she was outstanding, outstanding. in this movie. Outstanding. Like, I really got to give her plop, props, props across the tens, across the board. What? She was bad. as how she was whipping. And like, even Ooh. the, like, how she gave, like, her, like, how her face was, like, when it showed intense scenes and. Mm. No, and dude, the and, like, later wow. in the movie, when they make it to Ta Lo and she's wearing her mother's robes. That she wore uh, in the fight with uh, Wenwu at the beginning. She's mm-hmm. rocking the same green and yellow robes, and she she does the whole training sequence and stuff. I loved that. I absolutely loved that. And uh, I mean, she's obviously super badass for being like sixteen and starting a fight club. Uh, <laughs> badass. That bro. I really feel like everybody in this movie, like the sister. Um, oh, Shang-Chi, what's the sister's name again? Uh, Zhaoling. Zhaoling. They could give everyone in the MCU fighting, like, they can whip ass. I really, I'm, I'm going to say it because. I, nah, bro, I, they could give anybody the hands. They're, they're I'm really, I really, really hope that, uh, we don't ever have to see them fight again. Cause, at the end of this movie, Shang-Chi's under the impression she's gone back to the Ten Rings to shut down Wenwu's operations when, in fact, she just took over. <laughs> and we see uh, men and women training side by side in the Ten Rings, mirroring the shot from the introduction where uh, Wenwu was watching over I don't think the she's going to turn evil doing that when I saw that post-credit. I don't think it's going to be an evil thing, though. Well, here's the thing. I think we're getting into more of, like, I think... Sharon Carter and Zha Ling are going to link up. You think so? The power, the power broker and the Ten Rings? Dude, yeah. It has to happen. Okay. I think, I think they are going to absolutely link up somehow. I don't see how it doesn't happen. Uh, and I would love if they are somehow the antagonists in Captain America 4. I think that would be perfect. That would be amazing. I, okay. I didn't even think about, I forgot about Captain America 4. I forgot about it. But, um, cause I remember a lot of, I seen a lot of hate, hate feedback because Captain America 4 is happening on the internet. I remember seeing that. But, um, um, the, I thought that we was going to see Shane Chi and his sister again until like there was like another Avengers type thing that's when i thought we was gonna see them again but you make a valid point well also also interesting that uh in that other post-credit scene where uh we see captain marvel and bruce banner and wong there with uh shang chi that they were like you katie you had a really good shot with that bow and arrow that one time come through i know i was like she didn't even <laughs> I was like, that was not that like easy? Dude, super good for her and all, but like, I don't, I don't understand how that happened. And like, I got, I got to like rolling in my mind. I was like, is Haley Steinfeld playing Katie Bishop or is she playing a different character? And is, 
is this Katie actually the Katie Bishop who becomes like a Hawkeye? And then like, that's obviously been, it, it's not Haley Steinfeld's playing Katie Bishop. No, so I like, know, but that would have been like a very good fan theory. This movie came out way before Hawkeye got into production yeah. production. Cause I would have bought that. I would have bought that. <laughs> I'm, and, and like, I, I can't stress this enough. I am so not excited for Hawkeye. I, when I saw the trailer for Hawkeye, Colton, I, I mean it. You was in my head the whole time. No, I'm being serious. Like, I'm not capping. You was, I, I feel like Colton's like, uh, I hate uh, watching that trailer, bro. I'm hate watching that trailer. <laughs> he was just like, I hate, I hate him. I hate him so much. Nah, dude, and like, I, I like, here's the thing, is that like, I can't believe, I saw a tweet that was like, it's crazy, it's crazy watching that Hawkeye trailer, because they just, like, Marvel picked up a dude who was on a hot streak for like six months in 2010, and they've just wrote it out. They did, because I don't really, he's not really memorable to me, other than Hawkeye, like, I don't think of anything else. He was in like a Bourne movie, in like, in a bunch of like, one-off action flicks and stuff, but like. I don't know. Jeremy Renner's just never been compelling to me. I don't think he's a great actor. Uh, he only has like one. He's one of those. Act- I can understand Tony Stark, but he's like one of those characters who's like always one way. Like it's it's only one personality. Because Hawkeye is kind of like not as happy go lucky as Green Arrow and DC, but he's mm-hmm. definitely has his moments where he's like dark. He's and- like he he's got more the he's more. Uh, quippy like spider-man yeah like, that's kind of more of his thing and i mean we see that every now and then throughout throughout these movies but uh i don't think we've seen nearly enough of it for for my money uh he's he's had some good moments here and there though like i don't want to completely dismiss jeremy renner's yeah. hawkeye performance but you just hate but, uh, him that's just what you just... I can't say, I, no and that's the thing is that i really enjoy the character like i like clint <laughs> barton and i like and like in comics more specifically i don't think he's gotten the do and proper on the big screen uh in the comics clint barton's a wonderful character i really enjoy him but i just don't think he's been brought to life perfectly well uh and and part of that is that i just i just don't fuck with jeremy renner he's just he's one of these dudes who just like if he's on it i'm probably not gonna like it (laughs) like i saw like looking at like the movie trailers in shang chi there was a, uh, there was the Steven Spielberg uh, West Side Story, and I was like, "Oh, this looks good." Oh yeah, and then Ansel Elgort popped up, and I was like, "Ah, shit." <laughs> Cult. <laughs> I was like, "Ah, shit, oh, I'm shit. Out. Now I don't like it. <laughs> now I don't want to. Now I don't want to watch this movie. That movie looks." really good but no i look tough as fuck and like same with like uh dear evan hansen but that dude's like 40 playing an 18 year old kid so i can't get behind it yeah yeah <laughs> like like dude, the, the song sounded dope they're from the same creators of like la la land and uh the greatest showman like those those songs are going to be gas oh, i just know be, it yeah but like, they but like be some hit. that dude is like 35 playing an 18 year old kid maybe 18 so like i can like i'm like eh. it just feels icky <laughs> We need a lot more movie com- um commentary from you, Colton. Like a lot more. <laughs> hey, oh, bro, we got we got all sorts of movie like movie commentary throughout the history of Penny, Penny Bloom. It's oh, yeah, all I'm over. talking like we need like hate movies from. I want to see you just talk about a movie that you hate. Like I just, 
see, that's the thing, though, is that, like, I, it's rare that I hate a movie. It's more likely that I hate something that had to do with the creation of the movie or a mm-hmm. person in it. Uh, because, like, even, like, like I said, I don't, I don't really particularly fuck with Jeremy Renner. I like the movies. I like the movies he's in a lot of the time, you know, like I'm sure Hawkeye is going to be swell. I have no doubt that it's going to be good and I'm going to watch it, but like, I'm not too excited for it. Like, I'm not going to be like, Oh, can't wait for Hawkeye. Wow. Are you even going to do podcasts about Hawkeye? (laughs) No, no, we definitely won't be doing podcasts about Hawkeye. It might come up. And like, like I, I like it might be like what we're doing with like what if like I'm very excited about what if love what if but like it's just not the kind of pressing weekly unless that's like Hawkeye. one scene in the season finale of Hawkeye that has to be talked about and see see that's the thing too is that like if it if it's worthy of being talked about like as I'm watching I'm like oh shit this has really knocked me on my ass then I'm there but right now it just looks like MCU Die Hard and I've seen Die Hard I'm dead but. Um... <laughs> Wow. Wow. Okay. That was quite a tangent. Maybe we get back to Shang-Chi. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was going to, I was actually thinking about something I was about to say about Shang-Chi when you were saying that. So I know I might, I might sound so crazy because I don't really know this series a lot, but when they went into, um, what, what's the name of the, the place that they were in when, when they got through the maze? What was that called again? Uh, that was the gate to Talo. Yes. When they actually got there, I remember just saying, like, wow, this is a lot of Pokemons. Like, I was just like... Well, that's what's interesting, though, is that, like, these are also, these are also creatures from Chinese myth. Yes. Like, uh, the nine-tailed fox specifically, and Morris here, I don't know what the, what the, the creature's name technically is, but this is a creature from chinese mythology mm-hmm. and so so are those nine-tailed foxes and those uh giant lion beasts i've seen sculptures of oh and yeah stuff. Gold, seeing them brought to life was awesome like and phoenix birds mm-hmm. phoenixes loved it and i know you loved it oh but uh, yeah <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, it was yeah. it was gorgeous. All those creatures and uh the, specifically the gate to Talo, like going under the water the waterfall and going through a water portal and it just kinda circles up and they just kinda whoosh, floated right out in this ugly razor fist car. I thought that was goofy <laughs> as hell. Like the, it was like, Oh, this is all so pretty and then it's just the fucking BMW with razor crests <laughs> spray painted on the side. But those animals were gorgeous. Even the lion. Like I, I, I know Ooh. it's maybe not called a lion, but I was gonna No, call it's that. not. But here I'll uh, I'll actually look into it right now because I saw I saw a Twitter thread that was kinda going over them. But they were so beautiful. I'm talking I was in that scene like, wow. Like this this movie is gorgeous. Like the CGI, they they had a budget. No, nah, this shit was beautiful. Okay, so I, I found the thread. Wow. So this little uh, this little guy right here, Morris, uh, is a Dijong, which is a uh, the patron god of mountains in Chinese mythology that causes chaos and confusion wherever it goes and enjoys song and dance. Cutie. <laughs> We got the phoenix, the mythical bird, nine-tailed fox, a mythical fox that has gained spiritual awareness and magical powers, usually by absorbing the natural energy of the world over many years. Guardian lions. There you go. 
Okay. It was a lion. Shi shi. Shi shi is what they are in Chinese. Shi shi. Shi shi. Okay. Mystical beasts which guard temples, homes, and other buildings. And then obviously the dragon. Oh, and yeah. when Shang um was Shang Shi, when he was in the water going down and how the dragon came out and just looked at him. Woo! Beautiful scene. That that underwater scene was so epic. I had go- I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Like, nah, bro, like I, I, was- I, I can't I I keep thinking about this movie and I keep getting goosebumps. Like it's one it's it I'm trying not to use recency bias too heavy, but I think it's gonna shake out to be like top five Marvel ever for me, maybe even top three. Like this shit is fantastic to me. I can't get enough of it. Like there's no way you can hate this movie. If you hate this movie, something is wrong with you. Like, <laughs> like the door, door, the dark world must be your favorite movie. If you hate this, like I don't, right. Like, right. I don't know. Like, and then like this movie was so well done. Like even how they fixed the Mandarin thing. Like how briefly the father said, "I've been caught a lot of oh, things." That was outstanding. <laughs> and how he was like, he he was like. The direct reference to Iron Man 3 being like a a terrorist from your country wanted to uh, appropriate, and I loved the use of the word appropriate, his ten rings. Uh, And he he didn't know his name, so he went with the Mandarin. Yep, a chicken dish. (laughs) Americans were afraid of an orange. That was so funny. I said, ooh. Ooh, like I was just in there, just like, damn, they are shitting on this third movie, like, damn. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> well, and that's like, I, that was always one of my thoughts during the movie was how incredibly racist it was of, uh, whoever the big bad was in that movie, the guy who opens Aim, I think. I, all I know, his name was what Aldrich Killian. Was that his name? Oh yeah, Killian. Killian. Yeah. Uh, we saw some of that, the stuff he was creating that, uh, what was that shit in the movie? The stuff that turned people orange and like exploded into like what human torches. I forgot. It was some type of, I forgot. Regardless, we saw one of those guys in the fighting, in the fighting scene. One of them was fighting a black widow, which I thought was super dope. In one of the low level fighting rings. And one of the, Oh, I didn't even, I briefly, wow, Colton, it would have been amazing if I could have seen this movie with you, because you would have pointed out things I didn't even realize. That he was fighting a Black Widow, right? Yeah, it was a Black Widow, and what is... I'm trying to think of what that fucking chemical was. I can't remember, because I remember Pepper got it. What was it? Iron Man 3... What the fuck was it? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna live. I'm not gonna move on until I find. <laughs> I'm not gonna live. No, like it's that's how you know this movie is phenomenal that they touched on so many MCU things. Like this is this has been going Extremis. back to so many movies. Extremis, yes. Extremis. We saw one yeah. of those motherfuckers fighting a Black Widow, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it, I don't know what it, I don't remember where that uh, stemmed from, but <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, uh, him explaining that uh, you know that I always thought it was mad fucked up of Aldrich Killian to uh, have invoked a a man 
it calm the Mandarin and cover him in this Middle East aesthetic to invoke a certain uh, xenophobic and Islamophobic uh, reaction from America. Yeah, really, really, really awful. Then I like how they kind of say like, well, I kind of impersonated him and guess what? I'm here to die. That's kind yeah, of yeah, no. like... I love that explanation, man. He was, and have you seen that one shot on Disney Plus, the uh, All Hail the King? It's about uh, it's it's a it's a Marvel short, and it is about Trevor Slattery in prison and how he gets broken out of prison by the Mandarin or the the supposed Mandarin. I have not seen it. So what happened? You have to watch it. You have okay. to watch it. It's I'll watch it. But like it's it's a direct prequel. It's what he explains. Like it's like it it's it's perfect, but when he's like, I got he I got there, they were ready for my execution and I broke out into my Macbeth. <laughs> <laughs> I Macbeth. couldn't get enough of it. No, I loved it when um he was, really in one, you know what I mean? Yeah, I loved it when he was like dead and what was um Morris. What's that? Morris. I love it when he was going up to he said, I'm not dead, no play dead. <laughs> and he just laid on his back. Like, actually dead at the performance. Now get down. <laughs> that like I just love how insane he is. He's the most insane, sane person ever. Like seriously, oh, I I love that. Like I want to know what his connection to Morris was. How could he understand Morris? There's something mystical going on with Trevor Slattery, bro. Because like he <laughs> that thing was like. Whenever I love that he was the only one who understood it too. Like he was like, my friends, I am but a, uh, <laughs> a transitary, a transitory vessel in which to interpret the information in which this beautiful creature of which we have no knowledge can stem from, and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> like he was just like, this thing is mystical as fuck. Listen to it. That's all. Yeah, I loved it when he was talking and Morris is in his lap and he's like, y'all got to understand yada, yada, yada. Like we talking very serious. And then all the things yeah. like, oh, he says time to you go. Can go. Like, you can go. You can go. <laughs> it's just, just like, Morris says go. He says, all right. Okay. Right, right here. Okay. Now we, we're going to die. If you don't turn, like when I say turn, like. Stay in the bucket. <laughs> that this movie was so, I, like I said, I forgot that it was a Marvel movie. It does not. On multiple occasions. And like, there's not a lot that makes it feel like a Marvel movie. It's not. Besides, besides Trevor's presence in general at, at times. And, uh, you know, the mention of, uh, Thanos snapping away half the population. And, uh, uh, and then obviously the post credit scene with Banner and Captain Marvel, in which I was like, this is wild. Like, seeing him next to them feels weird because he feels like he's in just such a different his own identity like he's his own universe almost and it's like that's what i was saying before in the x-men pod like when the x-men ever comes into the mcu i want them to feel so separated like Mm -hmm. so separated which i feel like we might get but this movie was well they did that so well well and i think what we might be getting into with the x-men might be like uh a multiverse, like a different multiverses X Men. Like we'll just see. We'll kind Makes of see sense. that. Yeah, for them just to pop up out of nowhere. But yeah. um, and I like it when you said that this movie had like the MCU joke. You were saying like the um the flight attendant 
you know, joking. That kind of remind me when Happy and um, Peter was talking in the bathroom, and that one kid just came out and started washing his hands. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what that scene reminded me of. It's like, all right, like, okay, I get it, but it wasn't that funny. Move on. <laughs> I love how critical you all of these like little things. I'm critical of the comedy, man. It's got if it's gonna be funny, it's gotta be fucking funny. Or else it's like it was pointless. Now even the scene in um what was it, Civil War that wasn't supposed to be funny when she was like, Move or you will be moved. Like it was yeah. just that came off funny. Like it was just like No, nah, see, and that's the thing is that like I'm also not incredible. I, I talk like I'm incredibly critical of these things. However, I don't I don't really give a shit. I also understand that most of the comedy in these movies is there for children. So it's like it's not like it's gonna be exactly wonderful to people who are older and have a more uh, advanced humor. Because the jokes in the MCU yeah. the MCU jokes are incredibly corny. And I, I appreciate incredibly corny jokes. Uh no no doubt. Uh, they just got to be well placed. Yeah, I agree with you. But I also love the use of curse words in this movie. I I'm so grateful. It was throwing out shit. <laughs> for real, for real. They and like it was perfectly used every time. I I remember. I remember it. <laughs> I love the curse words. I was like, yeah, we're we're definitely getting somewhere with this. I I'm Ooh, I'm in love shit. with it. <laughs> Well, it's funny. There's actually this Netflix documentary from or, or documentary, I say, a Netflix like mockumentary from early 2021 called uh, "The History of Curse Words," and the uh, the one on the word "shit" was like we're seeing shit become less and less of a problem. Like eventually, shit will become what we modernly view crap as. Like within the next 10 to 15 years, eventually, like you'll see a bunch of people accepting relatively young children saying shit. Yeah, you know what shit. I'm saying? That <laughs> shit. Who gives a who gives a shit? Like yeah. it's like you know, fucking shit. Like who cares? Like it doesn't. <laughs> that word doesn't. And that was the one they effectively used. You know, when Aquafina gets gets the bow right through the uh, dragon's throat. Holy shit! <laughs> and uh, Shang Chi at one point throws out a, "You're gonna go to my mom's village with this bullshit." And I was like, okay, okay. Cause like, that's what cursing is for to portray the passion. Like, that's really what it's for. And, (laughs) and like him throwing out a bullshit in that moment made me go, okay, he really does not fuck with this. It lets me know. And then I also liked, um, what was another funny scene? I love how the guy was like, don't die. And then all of a sudden he's dead. Like, it's just like, (laughs) it was just like, what the fuck? Like, but wow, I love how one she... of the, that was one of the funnier scenes too. Is when Razor Fist is like, "Why would we team up with you? We are the mighty Ten Rings." And then the weapon, and then Death Dealer gets killed in the funniest, the funny one of the funniest deaths of the movie. And it's like, okay, yeah, we'll work with you. Yeah, he was like, "Oh yeah, uh, let me drop this real quick. Give me that Dragon Scale, Dragon Scale, <laughs> Dragon Scale." <laughs> it was just like <laughs> seriously. Like, I would have been singing the fuck out of that song in that fight. But, um, it was, what, what, what was another, um, ah, oh, I just lost something. Ah, uh, oh, I love how she kind of didn't break the fourth wall, but then she kind of did. When she's like, I became a good ass ultra in like one day. Like, 
that happened. <laughs> Bro, at the end when she's like, I didn't even know what I was doing, you know, like we got out there and I'd only learned how to fire a bow like a day earlier and now all of a sudden we're fighting these soul suckers on the <laughs> and uh, I was over there fighting uh I was on the back of the great protector fighting the mega soul sucker. Ah, oh, the mega soul sucker was such a nasty bitch. <laughs> such a nasty bitch. <laughs> such a... <laughs> Like that oh, whole thing was such a nasty bitch. Like I'm serious, and then I just like love how they was like, okay, thank you for pranking me. Wow, and then Wong just like Shangshi. Oh, and she's like, y'all are making fun, and I don't know if you noticed that, but as she's moving her hand like that, the <laughs> the whole portal opens, and it's like it like it like matches the motion of her hand in that. Moment. I didn't even so notice that. that I didn't even notice that. And like I only I've only I only noticed it because I've seen the fucking movie three times now. But yeah. uh, it's <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a it's a great movie, and another one of my favorite little details in the movie is that Shang Chi has an outcast poster on his uh on his wall in or San Francisco. Wall, yeah. Yeah, he had the Stank Anya poster, which I just love that, and a Kung Fu Hustle poster up there, and uh, another one for the Warriors, which I thought was cool. Because it's funny how Marvel is starting to touch. I noticed that. Like, Marvel is really touching these music, you know, celebrities. Like, uh, what was it? Wong with, Wong with um, Beyonce. And... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, what I love, uh, speaking of the music thing in Shang-Chi, have you listened to the uh, the Inspired By album, the Shang-Chi album? Nope. You know, they released uh, the Black Panther one with the Black Panther that was like by Kendrick Lamar and I... Top Dog Entertainment. Yeah, I know that one. Uh, yeah. And then the end of the Spider-Verse one had like Sunflower and stuff, and then Shang-Chi got one. Uh, and it seems like what they did with like Kendrick Lamar and Top Dog Entertainment on Black Panther was like, 88 rising and Nikki and rich Brian on this album. Like it was like, a, and it's outstanding. Like it's all I've been able to listen oh, to. Like, I fuck heard, Donda, yeah. fuck Donda, fuck certified lover boy. I have not been listening <laughs> to any of that. I've been listening to Shang Chi. This shit is outstanding. Like I, uh, yeah, there's, I, some, there's some wonderful songs and it's very prevalent throughout the movie. And once you've listened to that album several times, like I have, and then I saw it for the third time yesterday that, that it's all over the movie. It's oh, in so the background. You, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> I heard that um for Black Panther 2, was it Kendra Lamar and Beyonce and somebody else's, they were supposed to be like producing that album. Like I saw so many. Oh, are they doing that for Black Panther 2? Yeah. Beyonce, Kendra Lamar. Um, I forgot who else is on yeah. it, but I'm like, if, oh, people going to be making a cookout watching this movie. I'm saying they're going to be like. Oh, uh, that's wow. going to be a tough one to get right. I'm excited to see what they do, uh, just because that's going to be so incredibly difficult. Yeah, I feel uh, like they're going to have to do like a Paul Walker thing, what Fast um, Six had to do. Like they're going yeah, to have like, to really it's make it tough. I don't know what they're going to do. I'm I'm, in, I'm incredibly intrigued to see though. Uh, nevertheless, uh, this movie just knocked it out of the park. On yeah. on on. on on all fronts for me. I thought the soundtrack was perfect. Sound design was amazing. The visuals were fantastic. And when Shang-Chi and Wenwu were fighting there at the end, when like, uh, he has five rings and Wenwu has five rings and Beautiful. they're surrounded by the smoke and like the, the, the dark walls and the dragon scales falling off the giant, uh, cliff. Like, it's just like, Oh my fucking God. This and then I like how Shang-Chi's was like, what was it? His like a golden white light. And then, 
his dad's is like blue and it's just yeah. like and i like how that it's like his like he's like blossoming when his father's in grief and it's like and those yeah. the parallels between that fight and that that fight at the very beginning that let me that was like the one that let me know, know this is going to be a fucking movie between Wenwu and uh, Lee at the very beginning uh just like the the callbacks the parallels between Shang-Chi fighting Wenwu and Lee fighting Wenwu is just it was exquisite the 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 slow motion looking at each other and the taking the five rings as they moved around him and him thinking back to how his mother taught him how to move his hands and stuff. And that was actually an instruction on how to control the rings. If the day ever came like, it's like, Oh my God, this is outstanding. And in the background throughout that scene, you can see the great protector like flying around, which is super dope. And it's something I didn't notice until I saw an IMAX and it looks just super pretty. It's just super (laughs) cool. I have to, Actually, I want to go check that movie out again. I really do, because I can't wait. I know when this movie comes out on DVD, I'm going to rewind the first 10 minutes over and over, over and, and over, over and over again. I'm serious. It's so it's beautiful. Gonna be on, uh, it's going to be on Disney Plus in like 30 days. Oh, because I'm big on that. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah. That movie is... No, like, so I've already beautiful. spent, I've already spent, you know... $75 seeing it three times for me and Emily both. So might as well spend, <laughs> shell out the 30 bucks for the Disney plus version when it comes out. Yes. Did you think, do you think they're, um, they're going to like show more of the, I'm, of course they're going to show more of the power of the 10 rings because I feel like they didn't really show the dip, the, the variations of, of the ability. different abilities that it does have. It seems like that's a future step here though, given yeah. the ending here where Shang-Chi in that absolutely badass scene where he throws all 10 rings into the dweller of darkness and flies all the way up and thinks back to his mother and does all the hand motions and stuff on his way down and then brings together his knowledge from Wenwu and his mother because that's what she instructed him to do. Take what we've taught you and make it your own, which I loved. And like he did. He took elements of both their styles and brought it into that one last moment with the Ten Rings where they activated some sort of beacon. Uh, and that's that's the chain. That's like how we're going to be like, oh, so this is something much bigger. Yeah. You know, like the Ten Rings are something much larger than we could have ever anticipated. And uh, the first time I went and saw this movie, I actually saw it with Joseph on opening night. Mm. Uh, and th- that moment where we get to Talo and his aunt is explaining how to uh what the village does how they protect this they protect this re- this realm and yours from the dark portal uh where the dweller in darkness lives behind i remember in that moment me and joe looked at each other like mephisto <laughs> oh my god i would I, I would have been probably on the third c it's probably you him me and i would just looked over and been like don't start don't start that bro shit. <laughs> don't start it don't. bro it was it was hilarious and like i knew that wasn't what was about to happen but like the way it was phrased and stuff i was like mm, maybe i'm gonna be like uh, uh don't big don't i was telling joseph a joke i said me you colton Kyla, to whoever we all need to go see Spider Man together. I this is gonna be right a trip. An event. We we are gonna go see that. Like, I was it's an like... event, <laughs> absolutely. But uh, <laughs> Mephisto, no, one hundred percent. Yeah, but uh, 
I I I love this movie, and uh, I can't I can't say enough good things about it. I could just go on and on and on about this movie. Is there is there any anything real big that we missed? You feel like? I mean, I guess I guess we could theorize. What do you think the beacon is to? What do you think it's calling out to? I feel like it's going to. I feel like it's calling out to something in a different dimension, almost. Because no, I mean, even I'm not gonna say no one in the in the universe knows because we only talk to Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel and, and, and Bruce Banner. Banner, so we can't really say that. But the simple fact that Wong don't doesn't even know. There's also. no record of it. There's no record of it there. When they activated it, they felt it at Car- uh, what is it, Carmatage? Yeah. Like they felt it there when he activated that. Like that's some mystical shit coming from some sort of weird dimension. If, if nobody knows what the fuck it is, like and I, I couldn't even tell you right now. Is it going to be so? I, I, I'm curious. Well, didn't the rains come from an alien, um, race? Didn't come, it's like alien technology in the comics, but it's like. I feel like they're going to go a different direction. Like yeah. they're going to they're going to kind of they're going to kind of do their own thing with the 10 rings completely. Uh and if that be the case, that be the case. I'm 100% here for it. What they've done with them so far is super cool. Uh I I've seen speculation about like Galactus potentially being this is the summoning of Galactus to the MCU. Uh, I don't know if I buy that. The, yeah, the Ten Rings with Galactus. I don't see how that, that would compare to the Silver Surfer. I feel like that's, I, that's a stretch. Yeah, I know. I want to say that it's not a beacon calling to anything in specific, but more a beacon that the, the Ten Rings greater power has been activated. If you are like a, if you feel that you want to get the Ten Rings, come fight for them is essentially how it's going to eventually be taken. Like, uh, so it's like this, summoning this different will people be like, to fight. This is for an this. energy beacon. Like they they sensed it. So I'm assuming if it's a beacon being sent out, anyone can kind of detect it. You know what I'm saying? And I know they expressly ask to what. So there probably is a specific purpose. However, I think along the way we will see people who saw that the ten rings were activated and are coming for that ass. Okay, so it's like, ooh, okay. I, I can get it. So it's like, if you want the 10 rings here, like I'm woken up, I'm fully activated. Yeah. Come get me. <laughs> and I'm assuming there's some sort of like antithesis to the 10 rings. And that's kind of what the, what it's probably calling out to, or like mm-hmm. would be a challenge to, uh, from whatever dimension they're from or whatever. It's just like, I, there, there's so much mystery surrounding them right now, and uh, I think the the interesting aspect of this uh, Zha Ling taking over the Ten Rings and Shang Chi actually possessing the Ten Rings. Do you think there's any chance that Shang Chi is ever associated with the Ten Rings, even though he's not, like in the future, like persecuted for being a part of the Ten Rings for possessing the Ten Rings? I feel like, yeah, it's going to be like a guilty with association type thing. I really... Because it is his sister. It is his sister running it. I feel that. Or he might be put in a situation where they, he could be held accountable for something. And then um, he has to like also maybe go against his sister one more time. 
or maybe it's kind of like he has to play sister in hiding. It has it, it probably could go on something like that. See, I would love, I would like that route more. Like if they went Captain America Winter Soldier, because I don't want it to be a fighting thing. We already seen this, like I'm, or like, a civil yeah. war where he he protects her, you yeah. know, a little bit more instead of like goes against her. Even though I do think that if she gets into enough shit, as she does, she does kill one of these members of the Ten Rings off the side of this building, and Shang Chi was like not going to kill him. And then she's like, did America make you soft? Like she, she will, she'll murder. Oh yeah. She, she has, she has yeah. no issue. Yeah. She's like, that she bitch. has no yeah. issue killing a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's no, I mean, and like, obviously a member of the 10 rings, she has a little more history with that. Like, it's kind of like the star Wars stormtrooper thing. Like, can you really blame her for, Killing one of the henchmen of the Ten Rings. Fuck that guy. I mean, yeah, like but, fuck uh, him. But the simple fact that like she has like no remorse. She just like like you just have to die. Like I'm going to kill the shit out you. <laughs> like, well, no, and that's what's interesting is the way that the way that they're gonna that both of them are following that instruction of their of their mother. The take what we have both taught you and make it your own. And the way he's probably he's ended up adapting more of that Talo his mother's side of it and she's become the leader of the 10 rings more after Wenwu on that side of it mm. which i thought was uh i thought was mad interesting given just like the whole movie like even in the flashbacks where we see Wenwu and Lee with their children it's he's holding Shang-Chi she's holding Jialing that's just always how it was just going to, it's okay i can see it I can really see it. Like she's holding, maybe because she's also holding in her father so much because she resents her father so much. And it's like, she's want to like somewhat like prove to him, maybe subconsciously prove to him that she could have handled it. You know, maybe that's like a thing also. Maybe so. Maybe so. I mean, I think, I think she's, she's pretty secure at the moment. I do think she was robbed of closure with her dad. Uh, a closure that Shang Chi got that she didn't. Yeah, I really wish she did have a moment. Like, I really wish that was a thing. Because, like, she got robbed of it there, where she's riding the Great Protector, protecting the people, and he he sees Wenwu take his final moments to save him, and then pass on the Ten Rings, kind of kind of like in a forgiveness sort of summation, you know? Do you think Not that all like- the souls is like dead though? I mean, because the Great Protector did like absorb it, but where did it go when it died? Like, nah. See, I was I was interested. I thought it would have been super cool if when like it ate the souls, if like the the stuff would have glown like orange, so that it was more like the soul, the soul stone. stone. Yeah, but like given that it was purple and stuff, I was like, okay, there's probably no connection there. Uh, but. I, I think they're straight up dead. I think it's just like it, I mean, it takes the souls, yeah. feeds on it, and it's like once it dies, those souls are gone too. Like it's just that. Damn. Well. Because they even have the funeral there at the end for the for those that died in battle. This movie, this this movie is definitely like the top five Marvel movies. I'm serious. So now we saw Shang Chi, and I saw the Eternals trailer before the movie. Do you think the Eternals is going to have this a similar feel? Like, do you think the Eternals is going to be like it's going to feel not like a Marvel straight up Marvel movie? 
100%. No, here's the thing. This movie's directed by Chloe Zhao, who won Best Director last year at the Oscars for Nomadland. And it's the first first Marvel movie ever directed by an Oscar winner for Best Director. Uh, and she has insisted that they don't do the warehouse shit. They are going on location to shoot uh shoot natural lighting in uh on beautiful landscapes all over the world like that's that's what she she's insisted they do uh and i think it's going to bring an element to the movie in terms of visuals that we haven't seen from marvel movies yet and it is while i'm excited for spider-man no way home for a completely different reason eternals is like from a filmmaking perspective the most excited I am for a Marvel movie. The way it's going to be shot. Because it looks so natural. It's not no overly blue-gray tones that feels so sad. And it feels very naturally lit. And like, it's just like, dude, and the, the cast for that movie, it just looks so good. So, so fucking good. So fucking good. See, and that was another thought I had. Maybe uh, Shang-Chi's Ten Rings is some sort of tie to Eternals. Like, that's what the beacon's being activated to. It's calling to something that'll come in Eternals. And then, uh, we get a nice little post credit scene connecting the two there. Uh, however, I don't, I don't like these releases have been thrown all the way off by COVID. I don't know if Eternals was actually supposed to come out before Shang-Chi at one point or something. So there's no real telling whether or not anything can yeah. really <laughs> be connected right now. Uh, However, if this was if the plan always was for Eternals to come after Shang Chi, and we see that here, I think that would be super cool. If if they were somehow immediately connected, just a couple months after. Okay, okay. The only reason why I asked because the way that it looked, because I remember um my brother he went to go see it, and I remember he said it kind of gave me. He said I don't know why, but it gave me and like the boys feel with like Lord of the Rings. And I was like, "No, I can one hundred percent see that through the uh, the costume design, like Homelander. I can see so much incredibly, <laughs> It was very like, it was incredibly practical. Like you know, like you see all these other suits, and it's like obvious that they are CGI augmented, mm-hmm. like Iron Man suit. I mean, the only one that like comes to mind that's like obviously not is Captain America, Sam Wilson." Like besides the wings, but like you can tell that's a that's a a fucking suit that he's wearing, and uh, and uh, Wanda's Scarlet Witch outfit is something that she's wearing and stuff. Like you can tell these dudes are these dudes and dudettes are rocking <laughs> some uh some real deal superhero shit right now. Like that's some like it's what it looks like anyway, and I like that a lot. Oh God, Colton, I you. <laughs> I just realized something. Your name on today is Morris. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was looking. I said, "Who the fuck is Morris?" And I'm just like, "Oh." Well, it's because Morris signed in for me. <laughs> so yeah, but okay. Well, I'm really excited for Eternals, and woof! I would even come at the end of the podcast for that if all you guys talk about that because that movie. Oh, I'm and uh, I mean, I, at this point, you're one of my favorite people to talk marvel movies with so it might just (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, just given the way the Black Widow pod went and the way this one has gone, you'll you'll certainly be here for the Eternals podcast. Okay. Uh, uh, but this, uh, I don't have much else to say about Shang-Chi. One thing I am excited for is how What If is going to adapt Phase 4 movies in Season 2. And oh, God. I want to see how Shang-Chi and the Eternals and WandaVision and Loki and all that folds in to uh, What If. And with that, I would like to talk about what if, if you're down. Yes, I'm down. I'm big down. So let's talk about what if. Finally, oh, I completely forgot about at the hour mark to tell people. But uh, what if we've gotten through five episodes so far? Episode six comes out tomorrow. Very excited for that. And we'll talk about uh, what if again when the season wraps up. We thought I was like, you know what? Halfway point. Let's fucking talk about it. You know, we got a uh, Captain Carter. What if she became, what if she took the super serum? We got what if T'Challa became a star Lord, which is so far personally, my favorite episode. <laughs> episode three. What if the world lost its mightiest heroes and the Avengers died? Episode four. What if Dr. Strange lost his heart instead of his hands, mm. which critically probably the best episode. Absolutely heart wrenching. Holy fuck. And then uh, episode five, what if zombies? But uh, yeah, this shit been crazy. Uh, I didn't come in with like super high expectations. I knew it was going to be solid. You know, if any other sh- if any other show ever has a-, a cast like this, it's like holy fuck! How did an animated show get this type of talent? So it's like holy shit, we're dealing with some with some talent here. And uh, I, I took a second for the animation to grow on me. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was uh, just all right for a little bit, but now I'm kind of adjusted and like really down to look at it. And that's kind of really how like it goes. It with now, most... yeah. yeah, same. It's, it's how it goes with every animated show that I watch. It kind of takes a second to uh, sometimes adjust to the animation style. Like recently on Netflix, there's a new show called Q-Force, which I'd strongly recommend, by the way. Uh, and the animation for a second, the way the characters are animated, their faces, I was like... I don't know if I like this, but then, you know, get through three episodes. You're fine. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that's how I felt about What If. Like, it took one episode. I watched it multiple times, and I was like, holy shit. Okay, this is cool. Uh, so let's start with the Captain Carter one, if you don't mind. How do you feel about that? Okay. I – it was it was good. It Actually, okay, you know, it was good. I just didn't feel that much really, like, that cop like that captivated by it. I really no it was it was good. No, it it was really good. If it was even like a I will even go as far as say it was a movie, I will probably still watch it. I just didn't really have that much into it. Like, oh okay. So it was Captain America's story with a little bit of a twist on it at the end. That's 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 what it gave me. I didn't really Oh yeah, like it's it, it was what if the Captain America story played out essentially the exact same with with literally one detail change? Yes, exactly. That's literally... And obviously there was a couple other things, like now Steve Rogers becomes the Hydra Stomper, which is basically the first iteration of Iron Man, which I thought was cool. That was amazing. Uh, I like that. You know, Steve Rogers becoming Iron Man, like, holy fucking shit. What am I looking at? That's awesome. I got super ex- and like that's mostly what gets me excited about this is just the like who would have ever thought like this is truly a what if, you know, like 
I never would have anticipated seeing Steve Rogers become the first iteration of Iron Man. I wouldn't have uh, anticipated Bucky Barnes being so cornerly unfunny. Because, uh, oh my gosh, he like he took some swings, and a lot of it was missing for me. A lot. Gonna, a lot. I think he did pretty gonna. well in Zombies, but... Yeah, he did great in zombies, <laughs> and and don't get me wrong, voice acting great sounded just like Bucky did all the but like, but like, I don't know the the writing provided for him just wasn't quite it. I don't think, uh, it just wasn't quite it. Uh, but I did enjoy Captain Carter and that that multiversal creature that shows up at the end. That complete definitely tied into episode Doctor Strange was three, episode, right? Was it episode three? It was episode four with Doctor Strange. Episode four, yes. It oh yeah, episode three with the Avengers were gone. Okay, yes, that I liked how it tied same creature, together. Right? Huh? Yeah, outstanding. Yeah. It's got to be the same creature. Uh, it has and, to uh, be. <laughs> it has to be. I know it's an infinite multiverse, but if like we're seeing the same multiversal creature, I'm guessing it's it's the same it's guy. Seems pretty powerful. It's like. Come on, and, and I think it's mo- I think it's only really tentacles though, because even in Doctor Strange, you didn't really see a body. It's like he absorbed the tentacles. That was like it. <laughs> it might just yeah, be tentacles, bro. I uh, I absolutely love What If so far, and uh, Captain Carter was so a good much. was was a great kickoff. However, I think it really escalated with the second episode. What if T'Challa became a Star Lord, and we kicked the episode off with him doing the exact same uh, opening to the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, except he's not a fucking goof. He's not a dumbass. I loved it, yeah. (laughs) So he just does his shit. And you know what? If T'Challa was Star-Lord, people would know the name Star-Lord, which I thought was funny. They were like, uh, because that was basically how I took this entire episode. It was just like, oh my God. Look at how much better off we'd all be if T'Challa was Star Lord. Damn! Oh, Chris Pratt. Ah, <laughs> oh, Chris Pratt. Oh, and now, see, but then they 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 leave you on that cliffhanger there at the end where Ego comes to get uh, Peter Quill from Earth, and it's like, oh, okay, so now this might be a bigger problem since he's. You know, grown up on Earth and doesn't really have the wits about him that he did as Star Lord. Yeah, so, so everything. We'll must, see how that yeah. unfolds. It seems like all these episodes, they they intend to continue the story at some point. I got that same feel. I have to exact, and I don't, and like yeah. I don't expect them to because of what I've seen in What If comic books. Like they just they're they're one offs. That's that, and most of the time the story is complete enough to where you can go, okay, we're good. But they but. also leave one detail where they can go, okay, what if we want to continue what if? Like, what if season two is just what if sequels? I feel like it leaves you on, like, a Twilight Zone effect. That's what it gives me. It gives me a Twilight Zone. Like, it, cause, you know, Twilight Zones never really continue the story. It leaves on, a, it leaves with a twist, then a cliffhanger, and then you like. Like, that's what it gives yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> No, see, and that's the thing, too, is that, like, it could be that they're showing us the first steps of what their galaxy continues onward to. Mm-hmm. And then eventually in stuff like Multiverse of Madness, we could see cameos by characters like 
Captain Carter because it's been said that that actress, I believe her name is Haley Sitwell, Satwell, something like that. Uh, Atwell, maybe just not, I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, she's supposedly been casted for multiverse of madness and is playing Captain Carter, supposedly. Oh, and it would, uh, like I thought about that. Like I really thought that like, even the Doctor Strange, like the one that we got. Oh, before I say that, the second episode of if T'Challa was Peter Quill, that scene where he was like, "Does this look like Peter Quill to you?" And it's like a white kid with a black kid. Like, I was. Like, I don't know, sir. All humans look the same to me. <laughs> I said, "Well, this just ended racism." But, like, <laughs> just... but bro, I I was floored whenever they were like and how did you defeat the mad fight the mad titan thanos and he and thanos comes over and he's like yeah and he just like starts talking all casually with everybody and i was like whoa what and he's like yeah and t'challa's like yeah sometimes a good debate's better than a battle and like he just like if T'Challa was Star-Lord, he just would have convinced Thanos there was another way. Yes, like, there wouldn't be no Infinity War. Like, it it wouldn't be WandaVision. It, 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 like, it, it wouldn't be shit. It wouldn't be. T'Challa would have solved everything before it got to Earth because he was that good. <laughs> he was so competent. They just shit it on Chris Pratt in that episode. No, bro, they were just like, fuck Peter Quill, dude. Yeah. Like, this... Peter Quill ain't doing shit that he could be. That is now I'm always gonna look at him different. In Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, I'm really even. Oh, that has made people people should hate Peter Quill, especially now with what what um, what happened in Infinity War. Like he, <laughs> like it's just like not only did the Chala not even get to that point, you could we could have stopped it right there, but you still fucked up. Nice. Bro, here's the thing for me is that like I think Peter Quill has been a relatively has been like an actually one of the best written characters in the MCU in terms of a story so far. I've loved the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Is he massively incompetent? Absolutely. But that's just like a part of his character, which I think is mad important. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just. I just, that episode was, um, and then also, was that, wait, so I don't, you know, I'm not talking on my ass. Was that Chadwick Boseman's voice? Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. This, was, this season of What If is uh, his last performance uh, that'll ever be released. Oh, like, man. that shit. When I heard it, because like, I, I remember someone said, no, it's not. And then I was like, I could have sworn it was, because it was, okay. But that yeah, touch, his voice acting like that I saw a YouTube and then episode at the end of that was, episode when it was like dedicated to our friend hero Chadwick Boseman I was just like oh, I was fuck. like come on I was so happy uh, <laughs> like, it just really bummed me and then I saw the YouTube interview when someone was talking like how Chadwick was like in love with the project he was like oh yes I want to do it like hell yeah and it's just Oh man. Yeah, I think he was just so excited to take up any opportunity he could to portray T'Challa. Like, I think he just loved the character so much. Uh, yeah, it was just, it's, it was devastating to lose such a talent. And I am fascinated to see how they can, 
possibly do another movie without him. But uh, we'll see. You know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. However, his performances, his performances here and What If so far have been fantastic. He even popped up in another one of the episodes, just as T'Challa, Black Panther. Uh, I can't remember if that was. I think it was zombies. It was zombies. Yes, it was zombies. It was zombies. He popped up briefly. but I, uh, I absolutely, I absolutely loved that second episode, and I even got the little like Phase Four has just been bleeding my fucking pockets dry, dude. Like <laughs> I, I've got, I've got like the Scarlet Witch and White Vision Funko Pops just came in where she's in the air floating, reading the Darkhold, and it's White Vision right next to her, and then I got the got Shang Chi, Wen Wu, Katie, got this guy Morris here got a what if doctor strange supreme and then the killmonger which will be next episode of what if and can't wait uh, and i got t'challa star lord which i was very very happy about <laughs> uh, how did you feel about the third episode i want to talk about the third episode after i mention one more thing oh, about the second okay. which was thanos versus the black order outstanding the fact that we got the children of Thanos fighting against Thanos, Thanos. was fantastic. Uh, I, I loved it, and I loved uh, I loved Jamon Hunsu's character in this. He's the 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 Kree guy who pops up popped up in Captain Marvel and Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Who's like <laughs> the child is my best friend? You know, like uh, I thought I thought he was a I thought he was a great addition, and he was actually like I think he was supposed to be like there's always the funny character in each of these episodes, like what's supposed to be the funny character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he knocked it out of the park compa- park compared to what happened in the first episode with uh Bucky Barnes. But it was, it was, it was awesome. I love, I loved that whole episode. And uh, the third episode was actually a, a fantastic. What if, because it shows you just how much of a problem Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, wasp could be. If uh, if they wanted to, they kind of low key did the fan theory of Ant Man going inside Thanos's ass, but substituted it with the Hawk. Like yeah, they yeah, definitely yeah. took that fan theory of like just blowing up Thanos from the inside, but did it with the Hawk. Like literally, hey, knocked it out of the park for me. Like nailed that shit, bro. I dude, that shit was devastating. Like, why have they been like so? sad these last few episodes they are like they are i don't it's, it's so that's why i'm talking about this mcu is, is being about grief like it's like the sad is how the mcu creators are going through it in phase four like hawkeye no like um thor dying and starting with tony and then cap it was just wait i can't remember how cap died how did cap die again how did Cap die? How the fuck did he? Shit, that was the only. That's the only episode I watched once. How did he die? Did he die? Did he die? I think he might have been the first one to die. No, 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 no. He didn't die. He was never taken out of the ice. He's the post-credit scene. That's right. You're right. You're right. That's With, what. Uh, yeah, they could linger. Nick You're right. Fury and uh, Nick Fury and. There's someone else with him. 
I can't remember now, but maybe it was Captain Marvel. I think it was Captain Marvel, but it is fascinating to think about like how as a result of that, the Avengers having died right before they needed it. And then Loki coming in to help Nick Fury (laughs) save the day. And then that opening the world up for Loki to take over. It really is. Loki. We're going to get, we're going to get fucking King, King Loki for another what if episode, which is outstanding. (laughs) And then also, how did you feel that Hawkeye died before um, Black Widow? (laughs) Loved it. Uh, Favorite part of the episode. But, uh, I thought it was, uh, I was like, ah, dude, fuck Hawkeye. He really shot Thor through the fucking heart. What a pussy. (laughs) Fuck Hawkeye. (laughs) I know that's you, Jeremy Renner. I know that's you behind that voice. Oh, my goodness. Like, it was so, but when um, Black Widow was just turned around, she was like, hope, find hope. Like, it's just like, damn. Like, how he just pulled it off into the darkness. And the way they portrayed him, uh, Hank Pym, scary. Bro, he was freaky. He looked like so manic, ominous. The manic, just like gone crazy look in his eye, and uh, it's it's kind of crazy that like they've they've been the cause of two of like the biggest problems in the what if so far, like the death of the Avengers through Hank Pym, and then uh, you know, Janet having the uh, the, the, zombie, the virus zombie virus that yeah. Hank brings back, <laughs> but uh. I don't know. I thought that was a cool what if just because it really shows how much of a problem Ant-Man and the Wasp could be if they wanted to be. Uh, Scary as shit. And, and another another example of how far someone will go for the death of a loved one. That one fucked me up. This episode really... Our, that Doctor Strange episode, that really fucked me up. Like, I was... I felt so bad. Mm. Nah, yeah. I watched this... I, uh, I watched this one pretty early in the morning and it kind of ruined my day <laughs> <laughs> gave it another gave it another viewing later in the evening and i was like okay this was more of a later in the evening thing i shouldn't have watched this before i went to fucking work <laughs> but uh <laughs> it was uh it was outstanding like it's absolutely devastating and it, it goes to show just how again just how powerful these these heroes and stuff could become if they went just completely unhinged and maybe they're just preparing us for when Wanda Maximoff just goes off the rails oh my goodness like that that scene when Doctor Strange is literally killing all of these different entities and just absorbing them and just yeah. taking them. And they like, become like a part of him for a second and then he can like make them go away and come to fruition when he pleases. Like this dude's a problem. This this Doctor Strange could give Wanda the work. Can give least, Wanda the work. He <laughs> give her the business. And like it was um have you ever seen the Green Lantern movie? Yeah. Remember yeah. Parallax, like how his mouth opens up to like take like to to absorb your life force? That's kind of yeah. like how Doctor Strange get that's the vibe that he gave me when he absorbed that little munchkin leprechaun looking thing. 
Yeah, I feel you. Absorbed him. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with, like, why is he doing this? Did he, like, I mean, I get why, but, like, this is so left. Like, he straight up, he straight up destroys the universe. Straight up. In an effort. And, and, it, he was becoming a monster. He didn't even realize it. And when he goes to save her, she's like, yo, I can't do this because of what you've become. It was never worth it. And I would be fascinated. And I kind of hope that this Dr. Strange. The multiverse of madness is, is a problem. Eventually. I want him uh, to be in a multiverse of madness. I want him to be. It, and it would have been like it'd be a nice little little through line to the white vision uh versus vision fight it would be little, like uh, phenomenal like what if like it's a like I was thinking about it I was like what if Dr Strange's a multiverse of madness like Dr Strange don't even know that this version of him is there that all of a sudden he tries to absorb Dr Strange they in the fight and then Wanda is like oh who do I blast like it's um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it, it, that movie is just going to be something else. Like I saw the comments uh, on from Benedict Cumberbatch because Tom Holland was like, "It's Tom Holland was talking about No Way Home. Like it's the it's the most ambitious standalone superhero movie we've ever seen. I've ever seen." And then, uh, doc, like they were like, "Benedict Cumberbatch, do you agree with him?" He was like, "Oh, certainly." Until Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> until and then multiverse of man is supposed to be what like a, a scary movie it's supposed to be like a... it's supposed to be a horror movie like horror tone i doubt it's gonna be like scary scary but i mean it's directed by sam raimi who uh did the spider-man trilogy uh with toby mcguire i mean yeah and there were moments in that that were like pretty frightening uh, to my childhood self, and upon rewatch, you know, I'm more prepared for those now. Actually, Spider-Man Three was actually pretty scary to me when I was a kid. It was, but no, yeah, there were multiple like, and uh, that was another thing that going back to Shang Chi for a second really made Wenwu uh, scary. Was uh, like whenever he goes and mercs those dudes in the bar with with young Shang Chi. Uh, the way that the atmosphere responded to him, the people in there screaming and shouting. I don't think we get enough of that in the MCU to portray our villains. The actual fear. Yeah. That's what Sam Raimi did so well for Doc Ock and Green Goblin and uh, Sandman and villain and villain Venom. <laughs> he just, uh, he just knew how to make it feel like, Oh, this is actually scary that this is happening. It's not just superhero versus villain who's going to win. It's like, holy shit, I need the hero to win so that this can stop. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was actually blind of... fear, like the people screaming. That was fear, like straight yeah. up fear. Like, I can agree with you. And like the scene when he's like, what was he in a mirror dimension or something like that? Dr. Strange at the end of it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, when he's just alone. I mean, alone with nothingless, nothing like it's just nothing around him. He's alone. It's just so sad. It's so yeah. sad. He's alone with his grief, dude. Yeah, and that that was, and that's all he was. I, the ancient one is so fucking weird. I don't get the ancient one. <laughs> Never will. 
Uh, what the fuck? How do you know, like, you know, this Doctor Strange, you've created a parallel universe in which that Doctor Strange is going to destroy that universe. Like, you know, that's coming. And you're just like, let it happen. She kind of did. Yeah, because she already knows what Doctor Strange is going to do. She already. That's That's why she split him. That's why she split him. But then why didn't you just, like, stop? Like, I could get why, but, like, why did you let him get to this point? Like, why did you let him get so far? And why did you even let him do this in the first place? Like, it's just, right. it's so stupid. It's it's so stupid. <laughs> and, yeah, the Ancient One's just confusing as fuck, and everything involving all, involving them always gets really confusing. But Jesus, uh, yeah. Tilda, Tilda Swinton's an incredible actress, though. Absolutely. Love I loved her ever since um, The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Always. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> ever since she played the White Witch. I loved her. She was also in... Uh, she was also in... Uh, Constantine. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Oh, dude. I love Constantine, too. That's an underrated one I'm for my money. Big underrated DC movie. Well, just because I love Keanu Reeves. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> she was in a movie... Something's wrong with oh, Kevin. What's the, what's the fucking train? The train, the capitalism metaphor for the train. The uh, oh, um, Bong with, with Chris Evans, um, Snowpiercer, 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 amazing. She's awesome in that. And then, have you seen the series Snowpiercer? I haven't saw it Diggs? yet. Oh, it's outstanding. Strong the movie that. is so but, good. But yeah, Tilda Swinton, fantastic in that as well. Uh, and uh. But again, her character as the Ancient One is always mad confusing. Always mad compelling, though. Uh, but yeah, Doctor Strange's episode was devastating, as has a lot of Phase 4 stuff. And Episode 5 was a bit of a, a bit of a step up. Kinda. <laughs> Still kinda sad. Kinda. <laughs> episode 4. I mean, 5. Wait, 5. With zombies. Yeah, five. yeah, zombies. Yeah. Was it zombies? We're all caught up. Yeah, we're all caught up. Zombies. Okay. Um, make sure I didn't lose anything. But um, the scene where Bruce came back and said, Thanos is coming. That image. Hello? Yeah, like it was just like, oh. And then he just goes, he said, did Thanos already get here? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then, um, this, and then like when he goes outside and then like they come down like the children of Thanos. And then, like, you get to see them, like, beating their ass, but the whole time they're eating. They're eating, like, they're biting them. And, yeah, and Bruce Banner's like, okay, guys, I think that's a little overkill. Yo, what was horrifying about these zombies is that they knew how to use the powers and technology that they had before they became zombies. That was fucking insane. I was like, oh, that's what really makes this a problem. <laughs> usually they just go brain dead. They just do whatever the fuck. But, if like, the Tony Stark zombie was flying around and shit. And the Doctor Strange like, one used the uh, uh, Outwitch yeah. magic. And then the and... fucking... Dude, when I, that child of Thanos, the one that's like... Uh, the one that Tony Stark called Spongebob, uh, Ebony Ma or Ebony something like Moss, that. Ebony Ma, yeah, whatever his name is. Yeah. He, uh... Whenever he became a zombie, I was like, oh, fuck. 
<laughs> that's a real problem. That dude should have ran everybody. No clue as to why he was such a cuck. <laughs> a cuck. <laughs> if he wanted to be so evil, he had so much power. What the hell? Like, he just, and then how he dragged Dr. I mean, um, Bruce Banner, he was just standing there like this. I was just like, oh, fuck. Like, this is it. And then when he just came in, Peter, first of all, was that Tom Holland's voice that played Peter Parker? No, it was not. Wow. Wow. Really good job replicating it, though. Wow. This should have been the Spider-Man PS4. I don't don't know. That voice, I thought that was Tom Holland. I literally thought that was Tom Holland. Oh yeah, it was it was really good voice acting and I loved Spider-Man in this episode. He was a huge he was a huge uh plus sign in this episode for me. I and, felt uh, a few yeah. one of the characters who got like uh a lot of shine who really deserved it. Like uh, I think Hulk got a lot of due credit here and I think uh Hope got a lot of due credit here. Like I absolutely love this. I wanted this to this, be his own loved... series. I loved I love the zombies. I, I I actually really did love it. I do too. No, I think I think that's I think that's a distinct possibility for the future of their like MCU has said they are opening animation studios to keep producing animated projects. It wouldn't surprise me if these what ifs literally spun off into their own animated series, like some of them. Like uh and then like um what else? Oh, Sharon Carter. Like, I loved it how Bucky was just like, girl, like, he just pushed yeah. her off to the south. Like, damn. <laughs> well, and I felt so bad that, like, for, like, certain characters, I was like, ah, oh, not happy. Ah, oh, man, not Sharon. But, like, if there's anybody who's going to get got here. I would prefer probably, happy or Sharon. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Because Peter, but, uh, I... And then, I loved I loved that he was chosen by the cloak of levitation for this whole little thing though. That's a really cool little little Spider-Man idea if he had the Doctor Strange cape. Yeah, and then how he spoke. This is what I really thought was Spider-Man. When he said he said Mr. Stark actually in the being of I turned him down. And then like his the way yeah. he used his words and the way that he know. sounded was like that sounds like Tom Holland. It sounds like Tom. Like I couldn't. No, yeah, it was a really, it was a really good voice acting performance, no doubt. Uh, but then when it got to the base in New Jersey, which is like a, a complete parallel of One Division, and his vision keeping Wanda, he's like, "You woke her up." That reminds me of like so many Resident Evil references when it's like you're feeding your your zombie girlfriend. Like, yeah. it's bro, yeah. and then that the darkest shit I've ever seen in an MCU anything when Vision kills himself, he literally rips out his, his mind, infinity yeah. stone because he couldn't leave Wanda. Like, yeah, I was like, uh, what? No! Oh my god! I couldn't believe they went there. It was so weird to me. I'm not gonna lie. Like, he uh, literally was like, I can't leave my wife. Boom. I just, I don't think that's... I mean, like... It just felt weird. But then me. you see Wanda, some part 
of Wanda's love was stronger than the zombie virus. Because when Vision is dead, she literally goes over to him. Like, yeah. like she, she, like, she's just like, oh. They don't get a happy ending anywhere, We bro. don't. And then <laughs> I really think, I know people were saying, like, uh, my friends was like, oh, yeah, when he must have died, when he got to Wakanda, because Thanos has, like, all the stones. But it's like, I, like, I don't know. Because, like, are they dead? Because Thanos does have all the stones. But it's like... Well, I think that just opens up, like, a whole, like, oh, God, what zombie Thanos gonna do? Like, oh, God. And that's what's so funny to me, is that he went all over the galaxy, got all these Infinity Stones, was like, I'm gonna go give Earth the work. <laughs> got there and got fucking eight. <laughs> when Dad got fucking eight. <laughs> By zombies. Like, that was just that for him. Do you now think the hawk is, um... Because I know, like, Wanda couldn't bite through him, but do you think that he might have turned or he's just still fine? I think I think he's fine, just because, like, that's kind of Hulk's thing, is that he can kind of get through practically anything if he's in Hulk form. I mean, but Tony Stark did knock his tooth out. <laughs> that's true. Maybe, maybe, maybe Bruce will be a problem one day. Maybe. But wow, like Wanda, I mean, zombie Wanda, wow, that's fucking terrifying. That's like, actually, no, yeah, like, that's, uh, that's some shit that you, uh, you do not want to come face to face with. That's good. Like when she was wrapped up, how she moved as like a, like a zombie was so witch. It was, it was witchy. It was, yeah, yeah, witchy as fuck. <laughs> she was a zombie witch. It was so fucking scary. No, yeah, like this is going to be like a, a Halloween watch for me. Like just because like that's that's like the mood. Mm, like even it'll be that spooky. I mean a zombie witch. There's a zombie witch. That's two great <laughs> Halloween things wrapped up all in one. Like that scene when she broke it. Like it was like good horror right there when the door opened and she's just in the back and just glowing. This like mm, I was yeah. just I was like damn y'all better die like fuck. Like, that's what I, that's what I took. Y'all better die like fuck. Like, dang. Bro, they, I, I'm, what was the ultimate, like, uh, the culmination of it? Like, what, they were trying to get the cure to the virus. On, like, a satellite. It was like, they was trying to, whatever the milestone could do, I think it was going to, like, satellite it. To amplify Amplify it, it yeah. Because did you okay. like the Futurama reference with um, Ant-Man? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was so Futurama. I was that was, like, a oh, funny, that was a funny part of the episode. And, like, I uh, <laughs> I enjoy I enjoy Paul Rudd. And, like, his he, he kept it straight on. Like, I can hear a little bit of a difference in a lot of characters' voices. Like, they know their voice acting a little bit because a lot of them aren't usually voice actors, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of comes across sometimes. Uh, but like I think that kind of was the case with Sebastian Stan in the first episode a little bit, but he really got it together in the episode five, you know. Oh yeah, he got his shit together. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I thought he, they did so well, just like knocked it out of the park. Now, especially when Hope had that like that cut, and just like um, 
hope, and she's like, fuck. Fuck. And then when she, you know, turned herself, like, when she got, like, giant, it was just like, oh, man. It was just... But then I thought, when it got to New Jersey, I thought it was going to be, like, a... I kind of had, like, a different feel. I thought it was going to be, like, Wanda doing, like, a hex thing. Like, she was keeping people away, like, out. Like, she was keeping the zombies out. I didn't think... Yeah, I, I didn't, No part of me thought Vision. Like, I straight up didn't think Vision. And I love I love that flip, though. I did love... The I did, like, that, it was really... That, yeah. that Vision would do the same thing. That, like, if if Wanda had died and he had to deal with that, he would... It wouldn't matter to him. You know, like, it's like, I gotta... I got to ride for mines. You know what I really liked? I, I had this um thing on my phone and I was listening to um Daydream Believer after the episode. And I was thinking about what if that scene was so dark? Like what if when that part was happening, they like made like Daydream Believer play, but it was like very, very deep. Like it was like deep ass voice. I would have loved it. I would have been like, oh, this is fucked. Daydream Believer can be spooky. Like if you mix it the right way, like uh, it it could be done. It can, it be, can done. be done. Like all old school music can like be done like that. You just got to make it sound ominous Daydream as fuck. And, uh, homecoming queen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Like. Like it, it, they could have really and, and like did the lyrics like when it says put um put six rings then I rise once you sleep I'll close my eyes and it's just like that part like that lyrics okay. could have been very like sad as fuck sounding and I would have been like yeah like I would have I would have gotten it yeah that have been that I'd have felt that. But yeah, what if what if's been fucking outstanding, and uh, I can't wait for what they're what they're gonna keep doing. And I know that episode six coming up tomorrow will be a uh, uh, around Killmonger, and I know that we saw in the trailer it's him saving Tony Stark at the beginning of Iron Man. So who knows how the fuck that's gonna how the fuck that partnership's gonna blossom? <laughs> Very interested in that. Uh, any uh, any predictions for? Beyond what if? Any predictions? I um the only prediction I have is um season two. I want to see how season two goes. I don't think we get like many more Marvel projects in between now and next year. I don't think we do. So for them to say season two is gonna be next year, I'm like, what are y'all gonna do? Like are y'all gonna I don't know. Oh, they just there's so much more material to go over too. They haven't touched on uh, hardly anything Black Widow outside of the Avengers, and you're I mean, correct. Yeah. They haven't. Uh, I mean, they'll have Shang Chi and uh, Multiverse of Madness and uh, Loki and WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier to go off of. Like, but then they'll they have a little bit more content. Then they kind of touch on WandaVision a little bit, like a tiny. I mean, a little bit. Yeah. I guess <laughs> I think that. Uh, yeah, definitely. Actually, a little bit, like yeah. paralleling it anyway. <laughs> But I really wish they continue. Like I want to see more zombie shit. I do want to see more zombie shit. That would... I want to see more zombie. And shit I want to see I'm Peter Quill be... ego. I do want to see like ego. What happened with Peter Quill and ego? I have to see that. Right. Yeah. Like I want to see all this, and I want to see where where Captain Carter is is becomes the first, like the quote unquote first Avenger 
instead of uh, Steve Rogers. Like, I want to see all that play out, you know? Ooh, this is what I want to talk to you about. Ooh, real quick. I remember something on Loki. I said something about Owatu. I said, I feel like he's going to come about or something. I feel like he's watching this or something. Do you think Owatu is going to come into the MCU? Like, literally, it's going to be an actual actor playing him. Oh, I don't know. Damn, like, I really want him. I really want him to come into the MCU. Like, I want him to. That would be cool. There is there is one element of this series that we hadn't touched on that I completely to that I want to kind of go back to is the way Doctor Strange can see the Watcher and talks to the Watcher in Episode Four, and is like, right. "Why are you just sitting there watching? You could have done something about this." Do you think there's ever a point where the Watcher does intervene? I feel like yes, because isn't that like a isn't that like a, a storyline of his anyway that he kind of loses his powers from intervening or something like that? There's, the, I'm sure it'll it'll pop up at some point, but yeah, that's that's been a comic book storyline before. And I want to see it. And, I, what and, if like, oh, what if the Inhumans was actually successful? Like, I want. <laughs> what if Agents of Shield was canon? Ah. Uh... I wish it was. Agents of Shield slaps. It slaps, like especially when I remember Ghost Rider coming in. I remember. <laughs> like I wish, I wish. Oh what, no, I'm not even going to say it. I'll but say, what if um the gifted was? <laughs> oh. <laughs> what if Legion? Oh man, what was canon? What if? Wow, we have we have okay. Wow, we just gave them so much material just now. So much, yeah, we so gave much them so go. much. So this day, if any of these become episodes, we deserve a compensation check. We deserve yeah, something. We need, we need we need royalties. <laughs> we deserve some royalties. But yeah, that's all I have to say about what if. Hell yeah. Well, Aurora, this has been fun as hell. This was a good little two-hour pod here. Yeah. I mean, Shang Chi and what if? There was plenty to talk about. This was right what I was expecting. Uh, so fantastic. Yeah. I had a, uh, I had a great time. Thank you for joining me. Thank, um, thank you for having me and, um, and for, you know, like just thank you so much. But what if starts at one twenty three on the dot? Cause I was watching. So yeah, it starts at one twenty three. What if starts at one yeah, hour and 23 minutes on the dot. hour and 23 minutes. I'll go out. I'll go back and put a little warning, <laughs> uh, but, uh, so uh, this was the 131st episode of the Penny Bloom podcast. I was Colton Robertson, and I was joined by Aurora Carter. Thank you very much for being here. Always. And I will talk to you again for Mutants Monthly number two uh, here at the end of September where we're talking something blue. Uh, basically, go over any Mystique, Nightcrawler, Beast stories, and uh, be sure to watch... Uh, you know, like basically first class, days of future past, apocalypse kind of uh, dark phoenix because those are important for Mystique. Go watch X2 because I feel like it becomes a big point for Nightcrawler and The Last Stand is big for the Beast and stuff. So, and I mean that original, that first class, days of future past and so on, that's also big for the Beast as it relates to Mystique. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. Uh, go to patreon.com slash bloom where you will find uh, over 16 hours now of exclusive content from the Penny Bloom podcast. And you also find uh, artwork that I 
make kind of randomly. Most recently, I put up a, a new Avengers poster with a, a feature Shang-Chi and the Scarlet Witch and White Vision and Captain Marvel and Doctor Strange and Spider-Man. It's a lot of fun. It was, it, and it was fun to make. And I'm going to keep putting a bunch of artwork there. I pretty much only put artwork there now when I make it. So, uh, yeah, they'll cost you three bucks a month. Hit me up. Shout out, shout out Aurora for, uh, being one of my patrons. Hey. Very, very, very big supporter. Uh, but yeah, then head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And always praise Keanu Reeves. <laughs>